0: doesn't seem to matter what I do I'm always number two no one knows how hard I tried oh, oh I I have feelings that I can't explain They're driving me insane all my life been so polite because I'm just kidding anywhere else i Is it my destiny to live and die A life of blonde fragility
1: crossover event because we and Phil Feast with Matt Bledsoe are going to be doing Barbenheimer because it's that big and more importantly I just think I got Matt, Matt to watch a, uh, a musical which I am really excited about um but of course so hello Matt how's it going since I've seen you oh. next like three times <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I, had no uh, I had no notes for
2: that <laughs> oh good job then because I always have notes for the intro. Uh, <laughs> good i'm excited about this uh event that seems to have possibly saved movies again till the studios mess it up but uh i'm very excited to talk about it
1: oh so you're not Especially gonna go with... see Paw, saw or whatever it's called um saw patrol
3: socks yeah <laughs> oh patrol. yeah <laughs> oh, Patrol, like
2: baby. you know yeah. i don't think i should go to a pop movie by myself it might be t- t- odd.
3: it's know. sort of like me going to a barbie movie by myself I, I, I bet you probably feel about the same.
1: You might do. And the amount of awkward dads I had at a screening of mine was absolutely hilarious. And I loved it. And of course we also have the amazing Hayden Gilbert. Hey, um for, for ready for the Bob Barben, and You never say that right.
3: Hello. Hello. This is uh this is a distinctly schlock and awe uh, episode because this is like, when was the last time there was a big double feature that everyone was talking about? Like, can't even think of like a meme that was like this big that was about double featuring a movie at the theaters.
1: I can't think of one. Uh, not like if memes
4: had been around. If memes had been around in two thousand eight, we would have had a uh, dark mama meme for Dark Knight and Mamma Mia.
1: Dark. Mama oh my Baby. God, that would have been perfect. Dark mama. Do I need to do Dark Knight again? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs>
3: I uh, I feel terrifically underqualified to talk about either one of these movies, and I I can't wait. I can't
1: oh, wait. I cannot wait because <laughs> I am also incredibly underqualified to talk about these movies. But that brings me to my other unqualified person to talk about these movies, and that is the amazing Mac, Mark Warner. Hey, but you are a Nolan guy, so you might actually have a um a foot up on that.
4: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Film Feast Podcast. I'm your host Matt Bledsoe.
1: Jesus.
4: And I'm not cutting that out, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> right, it's fine. You we just it's, if it is a if it is film feast crossover, we had to get the proper film feast exactly. intro in. I started uh, doing it and yeah. I
1: could not remember what it was. I'm like, I'm screwing this up.
4: <laughs> uh, I'm doing good though, Lindsay. Uh, yes, I uh, I do consider myself a Nolan guy, so I hope that I don't disappoint this episode. I'm worried that I will, but uh, hey, what can you do?
1: It's only it's only I, a nuclear bomb. Mark, there's nothing to worry about.
4: <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk about this nuclear bomb. Thank God that it was created so we can be talking about it right here, right now, Jesus today. Christ.
3: How about because this is the most important podcast to ever, ever happened in the fucking history <laughs> of the world
1: oh my god I still cannot get get over that part we will get into it because we would be doing how Harvey could you and,
4: possibly know that
1: and then Matt <laughs> uh, Matt Damon's reading of that line I just I, I can't um I really like Oppenheimer by the way but some of that line reading I'm like no one is shouting in this movie everyone's talking very calmly except for when Robert Downey Jr goes into a thing but other than that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah because this is a full feast and or crossover Matt, what have you seen lately? I finally get to say uh,
2: it. <laughs> I, I know. I, <laughs> it's nice being there, side of it. Uh, so, am I do? Oh, am I going to do like I have two? Am I just do yeah. two, my two and then we're going to move on? Okay. Yeah, might as uh, well. Yeah. I watched a movie last night with some friends called Shockma. That's about. Has anyone seen Shockma? Is this baboon?
1: It's the, ba- the baboon? The
2: baboon killer baboon movie.
1: Yes, I have seen. i sh- I've, great, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've uh, <laughs> seen Professor Shockma.
2: <laughs> One of my favorite trailers ever. That's how I first. Found it was a trailer. So, I don't know. Some, something came up. Yes, it's this great voiceover guy who I've never heard do voices for anything else. It's very good voice. <laughs> and yeah, so just yelling, like, and it's, a, it's a primal script. Before that, he's like starring two-time uh, theater owner. Recipient Star of the Year Award of uh, Christopher, whatever I can't remember. It is. So it's like <laughs> doing the uh, doing this like really detailed thing, and like for who for um, Christopher Atkin, I think is the guy. But uh, oh yeah, yeah from then... the Blue Lagoon. Yeah. that's it yeah they even mention it. it's like for blue lagoon and something else and then and star in Shockma. and then it's like and then it, it's just like the last frame the baboon jumps at the camera and this guy just yells shock and it's like the most primal yell and you're like I have this but right now Um, it's very cheap it takes place in one building
1: <laughs> like, with a very angry baboon that baboon, baboon, baboon is not happy seems
2: <laughs> like it was given cocaine and <laughs> aggravated and let loose in the hallways like
3: well you know how they got that effect man It's my favorite fact about the movie. You know how they got that, right? I don't know.
1: They put a female baboon or something. Yeah, the monkey
3: was in heat and they just put a female baboon on the other side of the door. So he's like (laughs) "Ah, ah, 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 ah!" Like the whole time. The baboon
2: Mm. is like throwing himself into these doors at certain points. Uh insane. Yeah, the whole premise is like this group of like researchers are at a building. They play this like I kind of like D D inspired game. Lock they lock Uh, themselves in um,
1: don't do it in the middle of the in, night don't ever do there'll be an angry uh, the worst shot for a
3: shock movie there could ever be i think
2: <laughs> yeah, with you... this crazy baboon who murders uh, most of them i won't explain think D. oh it's wild i'm like they <laughs> just, just it's it's
4: supposed to be like uh it's supposed to be like part of their studies i think but i never know how it actually fits into their studies
1: I don't know why there's a baboon there in the first place because he's he's meant to come back to life or something they're like it's, it's been a while since I've seen it but yeah they're in the building this baboon's there and then he's just slamming himself against the door for most of it um <laughs> trying to get into it so he could um screw up lady lady bab- that baboon but um yeah it's a wild movie it's one kind of those 80s relics that you just look at and go oh my god this is a this is a movie, and then they made a trailer with a guy yelling "Shagba." <laughs> this is a movie, and then
2: they made a trailer. It's like they made the movie just to make the trailer. The trailer anyway. sells it more than I don't want to oversell how like it is entertaining, but maybe it's not azertam making it sound. Uh, but oh, it's um, actually pretty
1: entertaining. I actually do. Amanda No, no, Amanda, <laughs> is, Weiss, know, Amanda Weiss, uh, not um, Elm Street. No, Amanda yeah, it's
2: Weiss so Amanda. Tina.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yes. It's, oh, that's, that's what they it's mentioned. It's a little long, too, think, though. Yeah. This is yeah, one yeah, of I those movies that
0: twenty
3: Mark minutes shorter att- for what it is.
0: Yeah,
3: this is one of those <laughs> so. movies that Mark can attest I fell asleep during. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. I, yeah. I, mean, I, uh, not I did action. not like. I did not like the stuff that didn't have it. And That's the
0: understand.
3: only other thing I remember is they used every light bulb in that building because every scene was shot so bright. There's like no recent, shadows. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else have
2: you seen, Matt? Uh, the only other thing I'll mention, I'm curious when i will seen this movie because it's, again, not very good but entertaining. I don't even know why I watched it. uh A movie called Two for the Money from 2005, directed by, I know this is a Mark movie. <laughs> this is directed by 2000s auteur DJ Caruso, director think, of Eagle Eye and Disturbia. This has I Matthew McConaughey and Pacino. Yeah, I'm okay. sure,
1: I have seen this. Oh, yeah. I have seen this. I saw the could...
2: trailer non-stop on like dvds and like in the theater for months and months before it came out and then somehow i got like this wild thought on like the other day and i was like i'm gonna watch two for the money uh on two B, as god intended um it's ridiculous it's really like it's like matthew mcconaughey is just this guy he used to play college football and then got hurt and couldn't play anymore so he works in like like sports betting where he just like he knows he's going to win the football games, so he, he, you know, he's really good at picking the winners. And then Al Pacino kind of plucks him out of obscurity to come work at his big firm in New York. And Al Pacino is like obsessed with McConaughey in this movie. It's like a weird mentor slash, I think oh. he's in love with him thing, where he's telling his, he's telling his wife, Ray like, So he's like, it's like you got to see this guy without a shirt on. Oh, my God, oh, like, I, love <laughs> I love this guy. I love this it's uh, guy. Is this a mock movie? Guy. Guy. <laughs> If it was, o- uh, I'm like, like, this is so close to being 06 Mark movie. Like, it's a year
4: early. <laughs> uh, that's an 05 movie, but I like yeah. two for the money. I went to see that at the Dollar Theater with my dad. We had a good time. It's so that's, just, uh, that's just an obnoxious uh, little dude movie. It's even got Jeremy Piven to, like, seal the deal oh, as an yeah. obnoxious little dude movie.
3: I cannot <laughs> imagine what a movie with McConaughey and Al Pacino looks like.
2: Looks they're like both like they're both the eating money. good, Hayden. They're both eating good. It looks it's like two, it looks like, two, it for the like money. two for the money. A movie clearly made no five. Uh, uh, it also
4: features uh, Judge Friends Armand Asante.
2: Yes, a scene where I'm going to spoil something. Armand Asante pisses <laughs> on Matthew McConaughey in a park.
1: I <laughs> need to rewatch this movie because all I remember <laughs> is Al Pacino. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, and then oh, some Al Pacino renames Matthew McConaughey, which I thought was okay. So it's 05, and it's set in 05, But they act like it's like, I guess it was based on true stories. So it could be earlier, but they act like no one's going to know who he is. He's like, I'm going to give you a whole new identity. Your name's going to be John Anthony, the Million Dollar Man. Going <laughs> to be a million dollars. What?
4: Oh, John Anthony. I didn't. And- <laughs> I didn't think one bit when I was 15 years old how ridiculous all of this was. And he acts like no I one was just like, finding. oh my god, he's living the life.
2: He was. college football player on a he was in a national championship game someone would recognize him i think and he goes on tv in this movie and people and finally someone is like i know who you are and then it's just all it's pacino and mcconaughey even not a good script not a great movie they still are eaten up uh at one point i gotta say one last thing pacino at one point for some reason tells mcconaughey about his dad he's like my dad (laughs) it's like five foot five foot nothing skinny as a rail had a dick like a hebrew national hot dog and i was like what is happening
3: oh, <laughs> oh my father
4: oh he had quite the hog <laughs> Just, uh, you say not a good script i should mention written by nightcrawler's dan gilroy that's what i was so shocked by <laughs> i was like dan gilroy
1: wrote this oh i, like, I think i it? think pacino was uh was roughing on the script like much in like uh house of gucci there was there was no script <laughs> I mean, it's
2: entertaining. Time. It goes on way too long. By the last half hour, you're like, okay, wrap it up, because the first hour is more entertaining than the last hour. And, uh, I mean, you know, I, Al Pacino, especially, I could watch him act like anything, and it's entertaining most of the time, unless he's real sleepy, but he's still bringing it this one. He's still uh, a yeah, – Yeah.
3: What what possessed you to watch Two for the Money?
2: <laughs> That's, I asked myself the same question, Aiden. I think <laughs> somehow I saw it pop up somewhere – And then, like, on Letterboxd or Twitter, and I just had – I was like, oh, my God. I haven't thought about Two for the Money in forever. And then I rewatched the trailer, and I was like, oh, my God. I saw this trailer so many times. I think even more on, like, DVDs and anything. And I was like, I kind of want to watch Two for the Money because I like Al Pacino. And I like these, like, behind-the-scenes sports movies. Like, it aren't about sports, but, like, gambling, betting, drafts, you know, those kind of things. And I was like, you know, I'm going to (laughs) watch Two for the Money. There is I do Johnny
3: remember Anthony. this. Oh. I do remember that I had to look up yeah, the poster. You know, <laughs> I remember this at
4: Blockbuster.
1: Yeah, I miss DVD it's... trailers every because I got a few uh, things that have like you know look at our catalog of great movies. And there's this one I was watching uh, with Leone movie, and it's like the show gets shorty, and it's you know, had me going. I'm in, I make motion pictures, and then John Travolta goes, "I got an idea for a movie."
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: man, uh, but yeah. Shockman, two for the money my two pick my two picks
1: there two masterpieces Mark, <laughs> what have you seen lately
4: i i do want to apologize i have a dog that just uh burst into the room you and have a puppy? Uh, <laughs> if, that she, yeah she's my roommate's dog yeah. uh, whenever i'm the only one here she likes to barge into my room and yeah. If I don't like keep giving her attention like uh scratching her back or petting her, uh she'll start just uh making little uh growling noises. <laughs> so if you hear any unsettling noises, that's what it is. It's <laughs> Oh, that's so
1: cool.
4: Uh, what if I, <laughs> uh, I seem like You know what? Um I'll, I'll go with a couple. Uh, I'll rattle them off quickly cuz we got a lot to talk about. Um, we do. Last Uh, last week had a little uh, movie marathon with Hayden and our friend Houston and uh, watched lots of good things. If there's one thing that- Watched like 30 movies, I think. Mm. Jesus Christ, we watched a lot of movies. Uh, That's the reason it took me forever to actually uh, see Barbie. Mm. Um, But uh, one of the movies, uh, watched a lot of good things. If I have to pick one that I'd talk about, probably my favorite discovery of the week. It's Robert Zemeckis' I Want to Hold Your Hand.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I still need to see this. His, his
4: Beatles movie, uh, yeah. Yes, uh, I think it was his first feature, mm. 1978. Steven Spielberg produced it. Uh, so I, I still haven't seen Used Cars. Oh, so, Used Cars is amazing. I know, I want to see it. I will, And this has actually given me the push because I, uh, I know that he used to be like an insane filmmaker, but I just didn't, I couldn't quite grasp the levels to which his movies just like don't stop. This movie starts at like a 10 and it just never goes down from there. It is just uh 90 100 straight minutes of screaming and beetles and shenanigans <laughs> and, and It's exhaust. Oh, oh, oh. uh, <laughs> Eddie Deeson pops up like halfway through and like takes the obnoxiousness up to like another 10 points. Pest. Oh, no, <laughs> uh, oh.
0: He's like the for, for anyone best. who does.
4: It's. Okay. I've gotten to the point where I just joke about every movie I watch. What if Eddie Dean from I Want to Hold Your Hand was in this?
1: Oh I'll my god! I'll probably
4: make that joke. I'll probably make that joke for uh, both Barbie and Oppenheimer. He'd probably fit in the Barbie. Uh, he would not fit in Oppenheimer.
1: I think he would. Uh, no, I think even the nerds in Oppenheimer would beat Eddie Dean up. But um, oh god, <laughs> he might fit would- into uh. Barbie. <laughs> I know way more about nuclear
4: fission than you guys do. Uh, yeah, that's It's just <laughs> it's him exactly just uh, comes constantly. On on
1: him. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's just yelling at everyone uh, about how much more he knows about the Beatles than them. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'll give a quick rundown, but it's about uh, a handful of characters. They're going to New York to try and uh, sneak into the Beatles hotel room. Uh, one of them is a Beatles super fan. Uh, one is trying to get a photo for, uh, the newspaper she works for. Uh, one does not like the Beatles and just wants to tell them how much she hates them and kind of join in, uh, on a protest against them. She only likes, uh, you know, protest Bob music Dillon, like Bob Dylan or Peter, Peter, Paul and Mary. <laughs> and then one of them is getting married and she wants to be home for her, uh, bachelorette party the night before she gets married and all these care it's basically just following all these characters as they uh run around this hotel room and the uh ed sullivan show which is where it takes place when the beatles first came to america and played on the ed sullivan show and um yeah it's just a grand old time uh oh the dog's getting up now <laughs> oh dog dog's leaving now all right oh yeah my
1: my cat tried to climb onto a window it's not a window sill, but there's a little kind of anyway he was climbing up the window it was like oh my god cat what are you doing uh
4: one more thing about i want to hold your hand nancy allen uh finds herself in the beatles hotel room and she starts having a bunch of orgasms around their instruments uh it's great it's a grand old time i love it
1: well, that's the reason why you see the movie. I, no, that, I need, I've i been meaning to watch that for a while. Just because I love how he started it. I want to hold your hand. And as kind of ended up is, Did he do Mate? No, he didn't do Mate. Well, what's the one with uh, Steve Carell and the little figurines?
4: Welcome to Marwin.
1: Mark, Welcome yeah, to Marwin. Amazing. That's his tra- transaction. He's still a mad filmmaker, just in a very different way.
4: He has, He's calmed down quite a bit. Yes. He's aged.
1: <laughs> yes. Because used cars does not stop. It starts at 12 and just keeps going
4: going up oh yeah Um, it's and i've heard it's not i've heard it's not quite as insane as i want to hold your hand but it's a lot funnier i'm really excited it's very
1: it's genuinely funny like it's got some really good gags in it uh anything else you want to say that you've watched or
4: i'll uh, i'll blast through this one have uh you guys heard of the movie kill shot no i feel feel like that sounds
2: familiar all
4: right kill uh kill shot was a little trailer that popped up uh, on Weinstein Company DVDs around 06. Might have even seen it in uh, theaters a couple times. It was an Elmore Leonard adaptation directed by John Madden. I remember the executive produced by Quentin Tarantino credit. That's what made it stick out to uh, me back then. That's the most popular name. Uh, starring Mickey Rourke, Diane Lane, Thomas Jane, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and uh, Rosario Dawson did not come out for another three years at which oh. point they just dumped <laughs> it straight to dvd uh and i'm pretty sure they even apparently according to the wikipedia page they removed a subplot featuring johnny knoxville so it was edited <laughs> to hell anyway oh. when i first saw the trailer in movie I...
1: edited to hell <laughs> it.
4: i was really excited to see it and then uh yeah, I never got around to it because it eventually got dumped and I assumed it was bad, but I uh, stumbled upon it the other day and I'm like, you know what? I've always been curious about that. Better give it a shot. And yeah, it's okay. It's got parts that I actually enjoyed. It's uh, I mean, it's standard Elmore, Elmore Leonard crime adaptation. Spends as much time with the criminals as it does with the hero. Spends more time with the criminals than it does with the uh, heroes. Much to a, uh, I think, uh detriment to the movie's detriment because i really like thomas jane and diane lane i think they're a cute little married couple in the movie but we spend way too much time with mickey rourke playing a native american uh joseph gordon levitt playing a hothead with southern accent and <laughs> Rosa- rosario dawson playing his uh elvis loving girlfriend who the movie does her no favors uh but you know what it's got a good opening good ending Few good little, good little moments peppered throughout. I would not recommend it, but if you ever find yourself curious about it, as I have for all these years, you know, you could do a lot worse. Anyway, so, just yeah. a little itch I had to scratch. Uh, I've always been curious about it, and I'm glad I finally <laughs> found out. But, uh,
1: Much I like my two for recommend.
4: the money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's what. <laughs> oh.
1: It's, it's that's what motivated interview. me to talk about it 2006 kind of um, realm, which I always take to 2005 to 2008 anyway for Mark um, I stretch it out to three <laughs> to, to three years. Uh, no, I actually thought it was like is this like a DTDV from like three years ago? This sounds like a very specific title um, No, I have not seen that, but I why? yeah, I, yeah. Um, I hadn't even heard of it, but
2: I'm like there's good people in this.
1: Yeah, yeah. very good people
4: Yeah But I mean, you don't need to watch it Lindsay uh, that's, I talked about it, so you don't need to watch it. What yes. was the Elmore
3: Leonard book it was based on called? It was called Killshot. It was called Killshot? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine that. It's weird. It's a very... he may, I mean, he's got a of lot of... Night, uh, pop- I think of Date Night whenever I hear Killshot.
1: Killshot! Oh,
4: yeah. It's Killshot! Kill shot. <laughs> Elmore Leonard beat Sean it- Levy to the punch.
3: <laughs> I remember Nicolas Cage in Kill Chain. I saw Kill Chain starting. I was thinking of Kill did? That was years
4: ago. Oh, this I would recommend Kill Shot over Kill List any day of the week, though.
3: Oh, interesting. Kill okay, List. I like the Ben Wheatley movie. Director of. Meg to the friend. Meg to yeah. I did see finally a shot
1: from the. Tra- I haven't seen a full trail, but I did see the trailer was Jason. This st- Statham is just running up a dock, trips, goes in his back, and then kicks Meg. And I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm watching this movie now. That that is it, what I wanted from the first Meg.
3: Easily looks like Ben Wheatley's most watchable movie, and yes. like nothing and against. I like <laughs> Ben Wheatley, <laughs> I
1: generally like Ben Wheatley movies except for the Rebecca he did, which was guttle.
3: I like Field in England. The others are very kind of. They like range from boring to like very disturbing, and I don't want to watch them again. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. mm,
1: yes. But Meg like Two looks list.
3: fun as hell. Yeah, yeah, Meg like
1: two, two looks yes, great. So, yeah. Um, no, it Hayden, have you, what have you been watching lately?
3: Well, like Mark mentioned, we watched, we blasted through like a ton of movies. Like they came to stay with me at my new place for like a week. We blasted through a bunch, so I'm probably just going to pick two from that big marathon. Because watch a few things since, but I don't really have a lot to say about them. um let's See, I don't have anything to say about Mordecai, unfortunately.
1: Oh no, <laughs> nothing to say about. Mordecai. Another
3: trailer I saw a hundred times and never saw the movie. The trailer is very good, much like Shockma, The trailer for Mordecai is better than the movie. Um, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: a movie that no I longer don't... exists anymore. So I'm not surprised you found it.
3: It's I'm, yeah, we I'm found it. it you... We found it buried in my backyard. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> like what is this? um
4: i'm impressed that uh, he overcame the urge to talk about mordecai
3: uh i don't (laughs) want to talk about oscar that was like my mordecai i enjoyed mordecai they were miserable they loved oscar starring stallone and i was like what what is what were y'all laughing at um (laughs)
0: let's
3: see uh mark did show me a little movie i had never seen before because i kind of run uh hot and cool on this director i'm not like the very few that i really like i really really like but then the stuff by him i don't like i don't really care for but mark uh showed us moonrise kingdom which i had never huh. seen before
1: <laughs> and that
3: movie was delightful
1: <laughs> delightful my favorite
2: like- wes anderson movie i think
1: i like it kingdom a lot actually it's definitely in top top three i think yeah
3: how do you yeah, all feel about too. the Controversial subject matter that Mark brought up during the movie because I I didn't think about it really oh, while we were watching it, but like because because it's from the perspective of the kids, you know. the The most I thought Whoa. about the like them getting like in their underwear and whatnot. The most I, the most I thought about that was like it'd be really awkward to shoot. Sure, it but was there like sh- a controversy surrounding it when it, it came really out? It really
1: wasn't. Was there? I don't remember. No.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, they're in okay. their underwear, but their version of being in their underwear is standing like. 7 meters apart doing the twist when they're yeah, doing
3: doing Wes Anderson like stern mean faces
1: at yeah. each other and being
4: like I actually love you actually
1: I actually love look you mad. yes yeah. uh so just, thinking, I mean there were there were a of handful that, it, of
4: people that yeah. got upset about that I'm sure. I'm sure but like that's every every movie that has any uh sub any you know subject matter along those lines you're going to have people that get upset about it
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, they play acting adults, but they're not adults, and the movie makes that very clear. I mean, right. yeah. Yeah, I really yeah.
4: didn't think anything of that, because it's, like, pretty
2: quick, and then it's, like, it's so innocent-seeming the way it's portrayed that, yeah. I think, hey, I'm with you, like, the awkward thing would be to shoot it, but otherwise it's not, yeah. it doesn't seem that weird. I don't know.
3: Francis Ford Coppola, whenever he was making Stoker's Dracula, he was like, he was like, I do not like to shoot sex scenes. It's very uncomfortable for everyone involved. <laughs> and then you see Stoker's Dracula, and you're like, this looks like a pervert shot at it. He looked like he loved every second of it cuz it's very <laughs> sensual, but um Moonrise Kingdom was super sweet, very very charming little movie. The like the Wes Anderson kind of isms to it really worked for me in there. I have a question for y'all. Did y'all all see French Dispatch? I did. Yes. Did he prank Timothy Chalamet because while we were watching <laughs> While we were watching Moonrise Kingdom, or, yeah, Moonrise Kingdom, I was Mm. like, Timothy Chalamet is like the only performance I've ever seen in a movie of his where it's like a normal, like emotional, emotive performance. More emotive than most Timothy Chalamet performances.
1: I would say yes. Uh, Because I am probably a fan of French Dispatch more than anyone else because I love it when Anderson goes full Anderson. Like, Mm. I I just went, you might as well just go full. right. and that is French Dispatch. And I, I mean, what is it? The children are, are sad or whatever the phrases that they're writing on <laughs> the graffiti on the walls. I think is adorable. But no, I actually really like him in that movie. I think him and Francis McDormand make a really sweet couple. But yeah, no, i he, he might have pranked him a little because he's acting like a normal human being. And even there was this ad, I think of the Apple, where he's just like being the most weirdest person on the planet, um, mm. which is his brand now, I guess.
3: It reminds me of the Wonka trailer because like, it's it's a very whimsical Timmy. It is a very. We've
1: whimsical Never seen whimsical Timmy, Timmy like this. No, you don't see Timmy whimsical it's and... making chocolate, of course.
3: Yes. No, it's a good I. Trailer.
1: Yeah, it's a good mm. trailer. Yeah, I like
3: it. <laughs> very strange casting decision, but okay. So I saw Moonrise Kingdom <laughs> and I loved it.
0: No daydreaming.
3: I hate to do this. I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to pick one of my part, one of my picks from the marathon because I just want to talk about it. Okay. Have y'all seen? I know Marquez because he watched it before this. And I made him watch it again. Have y'all seen? <laughs> speaking of, I want to hold your hand. Have y'all seen yesterday, hey. the Danny Boyle movie?
1: Yes.
3: I still okay. have not. <laughs> Lindsay, what did you think of yesterday? when you look,
1: saw it? I watched it in the height of lockdown. <laughs> I <love when> it <laughs> That's always a look.
3: bad sign. Yeah. Look,
1: no, I, I, liked, not... I, I generally liked it because, and everyone oh, okay. else hates this movie, but I generally liked it. And I, I'm wondering if it was because I'm in the height of lockdown in winter watching a movie where people are outside drinking beer, hanging out at a gig. And I was jealous. So I was just like, <laughs> This is fun. It's about a guy who only remembers the Beatles. And I I don't care about the logics behind it. And um oh. I think everyone is charming. I think Lily James can do absolutely better than that guy. But it, <laughs> it's 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 it was sweet. I actually I actually generally did like it.
4: I uh, That wasn't just I, COVID, Lindsay. It's just a good movie.
3: Okay, good. Well, <laughs> so I saw it when it came out, and I was a little disappointed because I don't know why, but I guess me and other people went to see it, and we were like, oh, it's just like a little rom-com? What the hell? It should be a lot more than that. And so...
1: Yeah, because it's Danny Boyle, but he can make a rom-com. He's allowed
3: to. Right, exactly. And so I was like, he made a little Hallmark movie? Get, get the hell out of here, Danny. Mm. And then so, like a few like some time went by and i rewatched it and i i like found myself thinking about the movie a lot like a lot a lot like pretty much like on a weekly basis i would think about it every few days and be like god i can't get this movie out of my head and as i've rewatched it it's like it might be like my favorite danny boyle movie it's either that or train spotting too i like love them so much i love them to death <laughs>
1: I was a little disappointed in Trainspotting 2, but I really loved all the performances, especially from, uh, mm. I think it's the same name as Ewan McGregor, who ever plays Spud. Um,
4: Ewan Brimmer. Oh, Brimmer.
1: Brimmer. E- and Brimmer. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, the other Scottish- Scottish lad in- in that movie. It's...
0: Yeah.
1: yeah I really love the performances, but no, I was really charmed by yesterday. I- it got a- yeah, it was just people having fun and generally enjoying each other's company, which. In 2020 was a soothe bomb what I needed on on, on me uh, watching that. Oh, it was just it was just as kind of like a breath of fresh air. So no, I am with you on the yesterday trend. I do generally like that movie.
3: Such a heartwarming, little charming, sweet little movie. I, yes. I love yesterday. Matt, date night. <laughs> date night yesterday. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think <laughs> really? I recommended
3: I think... it to, to I think I recommended movie. it to Dan for a date night with his wife. And he gave it I think three stars. So, <laughs>
2: well, I I maybe, feel like you and I talked about that. it before, or maybe I heard you talk about it with Daniel on a podcast. Because I was scared off of it because I thought the premise was good, but then some people on I can't remember what podcast it was were like they don't do anything with the premise. They they felt like they wasted the premise basically of like this guy is only one of the members of Beatles. They thought I think they they didn't like that it focused on a rom com. I think they well, so maybe if I, I know that going to... in
3: right if they were folk if they wanted a movie about like how if the beatles existed how it would affect every aspect of people's lives since the (laughs) 60s then they would be disappointed because it doesn't do that but as a movie about like um imposter syndrome and like just a a cute rom not just a cute rom-com but like a pretty like engaging romantic comedy with like some scenes that really took like my breath away it it totally works like that but if but if they're like so if the beatles didn't exist um then this would then mu- music itself would be way different now because rock would be completely there and like okay if you're gonna if you're one of those people who can't get out of your own head and just enjoy a movie yeah d- don't watch yesterday you will <laughs> you will be driven up a wall
1: yes K- K- yeah. this is a movie of just watching himish patel and lily james being charming and adorable and i am all for that so, because I enjoyed okay. Mamma Mia, uh, Here We Go Again. So I don't know what to tell you, because that movie, I mean.
3: <laughs> dark Mama 2.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what came out the
3: same weekend as Mamma Mia 2? Here we go. Oh, again. it had to be counter-programming something, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. There's a it moment was Dark where... Rises,
2: dark night night rises where...
1: yeah. Dark Rises. There's a moment where um, Andy Garcia points at Cher, and it's the most glorious thing in the movie. I don't know. This movie is so dumb, but it knows it, oh, and Cher. it just wants to have fun. And it is just got that energy of your, uh, you're watching your family at a wedding who can't dance and they're trying to dance to dance Queen. That's what the movie is, and it's glorious. So, yeah, that is actually probably (laughs) going to be what I've seen lately because I actually really enjoy the We Go Again.
3: I got to see the, I got to see Mamma Mia 2. I'll probably skip one. Yeah, because uh, much no. like Padding, much like Paddington one, it's probably not very good. All right, there's a reason no I one. see talks what he's about doing. It, yeah. I see done. what
4: he's doing now. I-
3: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I need mean, to see both Mama Mias. Paddington one is is good, Mark. It is. Huh.
4: Some yes. might mm-hmm. say you don't need to see Mama Mia two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> remain silent on that. You know what? Opening against Mamma Mia two is the Equalizer two
0: and oh, unfriended
4: oh, equal dark mama equal oh, yes. you're Matt you're not you're not gonna believe this I knew it was 2018 that was my first guess the lizer too for sure
1: no I like the mamaizer uh, too I like equalizer here we go again oh, <laughs> Unfriended edition oh that's good
2: <laughs> also unfriended dark web Mama, yeah. a dark
0: web a
4: oh my god that's a movie oh, you got a movies, yeah. for the dads, a movies for the dads the movies for the mom is a movie for the kids exactly. that's yeah. dark wow, that's, that's a...
0: dark
3: mama that's dark mama too dark, dark mama, mama too. oh
4: my god
2: dark mama too here we go again.
4: unfriended
2: here
1: dark go mama again. too yeah that that is oh i love it i love going back and seeing those weekends bo-tip, bo-tip, yeah. bo-tip, bo-tip, bo-tip. Um, but
2: i will put yesterday back on the list now that you guys have sold me on it again i will go i will because i kind of was like i don't want to see this anymore because uh, but now I'm, I'm back in i'll go i'll watch it now
1: no Dude. i'm a, i'm mm. now fine because mama, uh, mama mia 2 put me on the lily james train because i wasn't quite i didn't click i clicked now i'm all about lily james i get the lily james thing uh, um, she's, smile so, in she's movies. She's, she's so
3: delightful yeah yeah um Man.
1: So, taking the mood down, I've been on a massive Lee Van Cleef tag, so...
3: <laughs> oh, speaking of delightful bring the yes. smiles.
1: Speaking of delightful and smiles and the perfect close-up for eyes, uh, so I watched The Day of Anger and Death Rides a Horse. I cannot tell you which is which exactly, because spaghetti westerns tend to run into themselves, and I actually found out when I went onto Letterboxd to log, I think it was Day of Anger. I Oh, I have actually logged this and watched it and enjoyed it. I have no memory of it. So... <laughs> Um, but Lee Van Cleef is awesome, and um I remember Death rides a horse being particularly a vicious one, which was very cool. So and very, means very um And Lee mm. Van Cleef is awesome. So uh, yeah, title. yeah, it's such a good beginning western title. And Lee Van Cleef in a hat is just the greatest thing ever. I've decided, and we're hit with a pipe as well. That I mean, much like we'll be we getting to Oppenheimer, he's the man with a hat and a pipe. But um, no, Lee Van Cleef is awesome, and
3: so like watching, Lindsay, do yeah. you prefer I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm going to try my hardest to not cut people off or interrupt them. I'm very bad at it.
1: I do it as well. So, so it's all good.
3: Lindsay, do you prefer Lee Van Cleef or Clint Eastwood as like a leading man, as like a spaghetti western leading man? Uh
1: after watching a whole bunch of Sergey Lee I swear I'm not drunk. Sergio Leone <laughs> movies, I'm going to say Mr. Van Cleef is my preferred um, man mm. on that horse, Western uh, leading man.
3: Wow. What is it about him? What is it about him?
1: I. He looks cooler. Like, he looks cooler in a close-up. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's just generally it. He's, um, I would cower more under his his um, glare that I would a young East younger Eastwood, at least give me old oh man. Mm. Um, I've forgiven Eastwood and I've probably changed my mind. Um, but he just looks, there's a cat like quality to his eyes and they're kind of hypnotic. And I think he's a slightly yeah. better actor than young, Cleese, e, young Clint Eastwood was. So yes. yeah.
3: Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm mm. trying to think of like what American Western I would sub Clancy stood out for for like Lee Van Cleef.
1: I really love the movie and I think he's perfect. But I think High Plains Rider, I think Lee Van Cleef as this menacing ghost coming in to kick yeah. everyone's ass would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Lee Van Cleef is the devil.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: awesome.
1: Just bring angel eyes in there, and yeah, it's um, and. Yeah, I don't think you could have done Unforgiven, though. I think you need Clint in Unforgiven.
0: Yeah.
3: but There's I think so something... much about his career. that Exactly.
1: That's tied to it. you feel weird. But something like High Plains Drifter, his, his earlier stuff, I think you could have swapped in um, Lee Van Cleef very easily. Um, cool. Yes. Uh, but the, with that kind of dusty gray hat thing, we're going to go for bright pink. And um, <laughs> just the glorious, oh, God. I mean, I, I want to talk about half an hour about uh, Greta Gerwig's obsession with Stila- uh, Sylvester Stallone and fur, but um, we're going to be talking, of course, Barbie.
4: Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned. Just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and planned choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can- Lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day
0: ever. It
3: is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever.
0: Dance, you guys ever think dance, about dying?
4: When my heart breaks, some things have been happening that might be related. When my world changes. cold shower, Ooh. falling off my roof, ah! and my heels are on the ground. <gasps> what do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know. Okay? Do it again.
0: Closer I am fine.
1: Coming with you. Um. Okay. Who do I start with? Um. Actually, no, Matt. I'm going to start with you on this one because uh, did you know this was a <laughs> semi musical going into this?
2: <laughs> no, no. I, I, you know, and I'm okay with it. Is I it a it
1: musical? Was... Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't even one dance qualify it as one. One. Well, it's got one dance sequence at the beginning and then a full on um, "I Am Ken" song where they go. For... Uh, yeah,
3: they had the Ken song.
1: Oh, do they music- have any other? <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm trying to think of any other musical numbers.
4: In got music, well, the, it's got musical elements, semi musical. She's she's yeah, definitely teamwork. ripping on
1: semi musical elements, even if it's not a full musical. I just want. To I know. just remember it's how that.
3: weird the kin song felt while I was watching. I was like, ah, wait, has there yeah. been other musical sequences in this
1: movie? Well, <laughs> I, I count the disco when they're having the um 30%? big blowout at Bobby's house and with the with the bespoke yeah. song. And Carter yeah, Groff like I, I count that as, as one because they're all that's
2: that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it I could it's funny because when they were doing the dance number, I was like, oh, this could easily turn into a full blooded musical, like yeah. if they wanted to, but I don't think it goes that way. At the no. time I was like, it's not gonna go that way, is it? It does not go that Man, way. Yeah, it's kind of weird now they have like one full blown musical number and one dance number, but it's not a musical. I wonder if she had pitched that more at one point to do a musical and someone who was like, nah, let's not do that. I, Probably. I don't know she was like,
1: a... I like singing in the rain. And they were like, good for you, but don't make it into a musical. <laughs> I think
4: she just she wanted did. it. I think she just wanted to try everything in this. She and did. Throwing in That's, a little she music pulled feel a, number like that a little She, she pulled up Paul of that Thomas Anderson everything.
3: with Magnolia. She hmm. was like, I've oh, got to yeah. have everything in this. <laughs> Barbie's going to sing <laughs> Wise
2: Up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would have loved it. I would have loved that.
2: If every character starts singing and yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Uh, um, oh, there are frogs yeah. falling from the sky. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, I am okay too. It's funny. It's just in the musical question. It's like when it's like funny songs, I'm more, I feel like, and it's, plus it's not the whole time. It's like yeah. the number of songs. and like, I'm more okay with like comedy musicals. Like, and if that makes sense. Yeah, it uh, does make sense. Yeah. Cause okay. I am 10
1: anywhere else. I'd be a 10 is, is very, yeah. It, it's meant to be a, a certain tone. <laughs>
2: I don't know if we count them singing Push. Matchbox 20 is a musical number, but really got a oh, kick yeah. out of that. Uh,
1: I was in both because I saw this movie twice and I was in both very young crowds and no one got the Push joke. And I'm same with the Pride and Prejudice uh, 1995 miniseries. I'm the one in the corner, old lady in the corner, cracking up, going, Oh my God, this is amazing. And no one else is getting it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm the old one. I'm the only one who gets this reference. <laughs>
2: I, I had a lady cackling in the back of my theater who, with the push song that like, came on, she was like, "Ah!" Like you he, like, she just was losing her mind. I was up pretty hard too, but uh, yeah. I, so you know, I'm okay. If uh, it, you know, what? maybe I could have even taken a few more musical numbers if anyone could believe that. But uh, I'm happy. Whoa! To it's good. You heard it <laughs> so, here first. Yes!
3: What the hell,
2: <laughs> Greta? I know. You failed. I know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you had your chance Greta you blew it no uh (laughs) but yeah I'm I'm you know I was fine with the light musical elements I'll say that
1: but overall did you like the movie or was it it was the pinkness kind of a shock because it goes very pink very hard very quickly
2: (laughs) no I did actually really like the movie I uh I'm sure we'll get into a lot more but uh I think it it is trying to do a lot of stuff uh in under two hours uh and it's, sometimes it almost feels like it's in danger of going off the rails a little bit, but, uh, but I, I thought it was very funny. I did really like it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I don't want to say too much right off the bat, but yeah, I did really yeah, like oh,
1: it. Yeah. By the way, we would be spoiling the shit out of both these movies though. I think these are in terms hard to spoil movies. One is history and one is the Barbie movie. So I think, right. but, yeah, if you don't want to know anything about them, get, go watch them if you haven't already. But, um, yeah. Uh, Mark, um barbie your general thoughts on barbie
4: uh i had a great time with that i mean i as i said i talked about i want to hold your hand i love movies that just start at a 10 and just never go down this one wasn't quite that uh energetic but it's pretty energetic throwing a lot at you from the get-go uh i love the imagination i love the comedy i love the I just, I just like movies like that where directors are taking big swings. I mean, it's, it's a Barbie movie, but she's throwing a lot of crazy stuff at you. It's kind of insane how successful this movie is, given how just insane it is.
1: I would agree with that. The fact that, I mean, we've already referenced a couple of jokes, um, but... It goes very. I, I agree that with Matt, it throws so much at it that and it gets very silly to the point where you think it's about to go off the rails, and then it doesn't. And I like how she's really able to play with tone and everything like that. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's uh, very good. Um, Hayden, so would you prefer a Barbie Dream House or a, um, a Mojo Dojo Casa House?
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> why are you? You're making me the villain of this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I uh uh
3: man, I don't want to be the party pooper here. I didn't love this movie. I uh I love Greta. I like I, I really love Lady Bird and damn, dude, little Little Women was like, I don't know, maybe my favorite movie of twenty 20- okay, it wasn't scary stories telling dark, but it was like
1: <laughs> It's, it's a top it's so close to being three... a masterpiece it's not funny you're a little woman yeah
3: yeah it's like little women was like one of my favorite movies of 2019 like i i loved it so like even though my friend michaela just revealed to me that the we will be perfect saints is like plagiarized mm. that all like that it comes from the uh oh shit anne of green gables adaptation it's like almost word for word it's weird Uh, so i I call it it i'm I'm
1: fine yeah i'm
3: calling it oh i'm calling it homage she pulled a tarantino yes but i (laughs) really like greta i was rooting for her even though like i can't like i'm a meme guy but i'm a hipster at heart so sometimes memes kind of like get on my nerves a little bit so i wasn't totally looking forward to it because I knew the humor going in and y'all know me I'm not the biggest comedy guy mm. and, this
0: is and very I think comedy. just
3: yeah. yeah I think just overall the the little jokes didn't totally work for me I, l- I really like the style of it and so mm. like that's why I feel bad complaining about it because I it's it's not a movie for me you know like I mean I, I know it's for anyone's movie but I could tell. I'm not the target audience, so I, I don't like the people who are like. Oh, I generally don't like. Um, I generally don't like Indian cuisine, so I'm going to go to that Indian restaurant, eat food, and then loudly complain about how much I ate it. So, like, I don't want to be that guy. Like the 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 kids in my audience generally. They liked a few jokes a lot. They were c- kind of confused for the <laughs> confused I, for my most. My second movie.
1: screening had a lot of little girls, and I think yeah. they were generally confused by it as well. And yeah, um, I like the I like the idea that maybe this is a movie that they're going to grow into. But this is a movie I think for forty year old women who get what the push joke is, and also yes. um, who get the Pride and Prejudice and kind of have that malaise of living as a woman or living as a person in the world for a while i would agree with that and not 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 every movie has to be for everyone and that is okay um yeah and that that that's that's fine and you are generally not a comedy person but though what did you think about the scenes when barbie is sitting at the bus stop she's looking at the park just looking at everyone and then turns to the old elderly woman and says oh oh my god you're so beautiful like that is just yeah
3: there are two moments to like, and, and okay. So what I was leading to is like the Ken stuff was really funny. To me, I, I hate to be the, I hate to be the, the, the villain of this podcast, but was like, give Ken his trilogy, <laughs>
0: it's like,
3: but, but, but
1: you are the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey, we'll get to a movie that I think is better at showing that the patriarchy is evil than Barbie. But, yeah. but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I there are two moments that really worked for me, and like I'm not talking about like comedy,
0: mm.
3: comedy level. Like when she turns that old lady at the bus stop, and she's just like, "You're beautiful." And the old lady's like, "Bitch, I know." She not say bitch. She's yeah, I know. Like, she's like, "I know." Yes, I am. And I'm like, "Oh, that like warmed my heart." And any time, like it's it's a really manipulative, easy thing to do in a movie. But it's
1: like, what is this when you? Sorry, I was going to say, yeah, it's Chris Cooper, a little woman, like with the piano. It's yeah, it's that kind of
3: stuff. Yes. Well, I was just going to say the home movie montage. When you throw a home movie montage in the end, I'm going to tear up (laughs) no matter what the movie is. It could be freaking Oscar starring Sylvester Stallone. And if he threw a home (laughs) movie montage at the end, I'd be I'd be like, oh, Oscar. Oh, God, you got through so much Oscar.
4: (laughs) Those points for Billie Eilish that stuff is yes dude
3: i thought that was phoebe bridgers so i gotta turn in my phoebe bridgers uh fan card.
1: <laughs> no i think this is, is is a point this is a very pink movie i think the um well the set design of barbie world absolutely just wins this movie but i love when they're in the real world and the colors is kind of desaturated but they look normal and the fact that you have a couple fighting kids playing like just a couple on on a bench just laughing at a joke it's kind of this really beautiful moment that shows when Greta Gerwig is on point and it's like that moment a little woman where every time Chris Cooper's on screen a little woman like <clears> when he's asking um Meg to play the piano because was it his daughter who passed away I can't I haven't seen Lindsay
4: you can't no he's asking Beth to know. play the
3: piano Beth,
1: shit. oh my god you guys I was thinking... cannot
3: talk about this right now I'll start
4: crying <laughs>
1: I'm getting oh my god I feel I feel like a, a oh. sham I'm forgetting what happened in little woman I haven't seen I haven't seen obviously no no there
4: <laughs> there's four of them it's fine you can just throw <laughs> you, we know who you're talking about just I I don't know I have a thing for like character names and movies I want to thank get you right. you need.
1: You know you need to correct me he's asking Beth to play the piano because I think it's his daughter who passed away or is it wife
4: Oh God! Anyway,
0: uh, you gotta stop her.
1: <laughs> I know, but it's such a beautiful Jesus. moment, and that's what. I'm gonna she kill does Hayden in, over here. Yeah, I'm killing Hayden, and and Chris Cooper is amazing. Um, and he's
3: my favorite.
1: Oh, he's so good. Um, <laughs> and he and it's those little moments that in the chaos of Barbie that I absolutely love, and I think absolutely grounded in a humanity, yeah. which I think people are forgetting about because it's just about people being themselves um Like I read this really great letterbox review that said um, gender is performative, identity is serious, and I think yeah, that's kind of what what the movie's aiming for. But then you get Ken being amazing with his fur coat because he's also Sylvester so Stallone um <laughs> it's, it's That
4: montage when he like discovers what the patriarchy is <laughs> through just <laughs> through the montage, it's hilarious. It oh, killed it's, me.
1: It's amazing. And it
4: ends on the little Rocky Three poster
1: yes it's just (laughs) i forgot it was rocky three i was just like oh my god because i think Greta Gerwig generally likes the things that she's put into the montage especially grace because they do a very kind of grace number at the end with iron ken and also Mm. the kind of um that yeah he's now essentially modeling himself on um rocky three i think is absolutely sort of fantastic (laughs) but I don't know. This movie just works for me. I think it's funny. I I felt Greta Gogh always has this ability to sort of attack me with her jokes and Depression Barbie, who eats a whole bunch of things while watching the BBC mini-series of Pride and Prejudice and...
3: The Pride and Prejudice thing, I was the that only was one laughing. Fit. I was like, oh. I was laughing, and even the even the moms and aunts weren't really like la- I was like, what the hell's going on here? I'm,
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, you're attacking me, great This is what I do. I like I sit <laughs> down and six hours feel sorry for myself for watching um Pride and Prejudice. And some it's amazing. It's yeah, but I love kind of um uh, I'm gonna struggle with this one actually. I might need help because I keep going. It's really good. It's just a really good movie. Um, uh, Matt, do you have a favorite fa- a favorite performance or kind of uh, a performance that surprised you that you weren't expecting, say, not of, say, the four main characters? Oh, or okay. The, the, oh, kind I... of, like, kind <laughs> of one of the background... <laughs> one of the Barbies or the Kens that kind of performance surprised you? Because she was really good at giving them their little moments.
2: <laughs> yes, I have yes. an easy answer for this one. Uh, yeah. Michael Sarah as Alan... <laughs> <laughs> loved uh this whole idea of alan just that he was a real toy that existed that nobody cared about and then he's still there is the only alan no one still cares about him he gets a fun little fight scene out of nowhere i had one Except of my favorite one's jokes us. it's too. amazing <laughs> he gets one of my favorite little jokes in the movie when they're trying to drive out of barbie land and there's construction workers working on a wall and he goes i'm really in trouble i am paraphrasing he's like i'm really in trouble and they learn how to figure out build that uh horizontally and not vertically <laughs> that shit was funny <laughs> no, yeah. no one's they're just out. building this tiny wall straight up and it really cracked me up um and yeah i thought he was really funny it just like everything like everything he did really cracked me up and uh i knew he was gonna be replaying that character but just to actually see it everything he did made me laugh so i'll, I'll give it to michael saris allen
1: <laughs> he is really funny mark do you have a favorite um kind of uh non-core character that kind of stood out for you
4: uh, you know, I feel bad because I can't remember any of her moments, but that's because it's such a busy movie that it's tough for, like, you remember certain moments, but in a movie as busy as this, if you want to really remember the moments, you got to go back and watch it again. But I really liked uh, Alexandra Ship. Yes! She's kind of the first, she's the first one that they uh, kind of deprogram. And her little, she's oh, okay. looking at her Which Nobel one? Prize, like, why do, She's the one that's looking at her Nobel Prize, like, "Why do I have this? I don't deserve this." I'd like <laughs> Who is she? What she's, she's like She's. Well, I'll have to look up her name. Well, I forget
1: all Alexander- the She's just Barbie. That's the yeah. The whole cast oh, she's, list she's, is nothing but Barbie. She's literature Barbie. Um, and you want to know about literature
4: Prize. Barbie? You can see. She's, um, I don't remember. <laughs>
1: yeah, but she's she's uh, real, she's really the first here. one. She's deprogram. the
4: first one that they deprogram in the van,
1: and the first oh. big speech that America Ferreira gives about how hard it is to be a woman it deprograms her, and she was like, <laughs> "That was a weird memory. I was just like giving bears to boys and or briskies. They always. I love how they keep calling it a briskie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was she the one that does the whole laptop thing where she gets? Uh... Yes. Yeah. Sim, Simu Lu, I don't, I wish I pronounced his name correctly. Where she's like, "Oh, I can't work Photoshop." Yes. And then He's like, <laughs> "He's like, hang on, that he's was like, great."
1: <laughs> yeah. She's like, "You just have to select." It's like the simplest kind of oh. thing. Um. Uh. I, Mark, is there any? Well, I just. Uh, sorry, Hayden. Is there any performance that stood out to you? Um. It kind uh... of went. Oh, that's a person I sort of watched. I'm not going to ask you about the other characters just because. Um
3: that old lady on the bench she's
1: awesome <laughs> <laughs> no no i'm
3: trying i'm trying to think i can't uh the sad thing is i saw oppenheimer first and i was kind of like still thinking about it while i was watch, watching really easy barbie. to because that
1: yeah you think about the more um i do want to shout out i like uh, i like yeah. uh
3: i liked albert einstein barbie <laughs>
1: physicist and there's this great line where um she goes I'm a physicist yes you are do you want to wear pants yes I do and I'm just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) um I just want to point uh Kingsley Ben Adair who was um Malcolm X in one Miami night whatever it's called the one that was um directed by Regina King he's popping up everywhere he's going to be in that um oh god why can't I remember the father of reggae um
4: Bob Marley. Hey.
1: Bob Marley. Bob Marley bio. Uh,
4: <gasps> that movie looks oh,
1: good. The yes. trailer
3: played before, and I was just like, I was like, damn, this looks good. I'm sorry, Matt. I know you don't like music in movies, but. No, I'm kidding. Do <laughs> yeah, so you like
1: Ricky. Um, you no, know, he's, he's, he's one of the Kens. He's, he's kind of um, Gosling Kens main sidekick. He's the one holding the ice creams and kind of just agreeing with whatever Gosling um, thing says. Ken says yeah he was really good he almost he was actually just really good at being in the background i just kept looking at him going you're really funny just you're doing these weird things and when um uh-huh. yeah he's gagging along with the girls when they sort of see margot robbie's flat feet and um i thought that was really good like the one thing of detail i love the detail about this movie is that when margot robbie gets flat feet it's like oh i've never seen that before it's it's kind of that when the trailer showed her on tiptoes i was like Oh, I think I'm gonna love this movie. There's something about it that they get the innateness of the of what Barbie is.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: My mom loved that clip. Okay, so little transition. I had to do some deprogramming of my own because mm. <laughs> my family is very conservative. I apologize to everyone not from the southeast. So, uh, but but my my family is very conservative. So the only thing they knew about Barbie was that fox news okay there are controversies surrounding both these movies that are very stupid like so
1: stupid like really so
3: so stupid and so the one about barbie is that it's woke everything is woke or whatever so like fox news is constantly complaining about barbie and basically i had to do some deprogramming because my sis my sister of all people was like, I heard they make Ken the bad guy. Of course they would make Ken the bad guy. And I was like, look, Ken <laughs> comes to the real world. He sees that uh he like sees the uh, the patriarchy, and so he goes back to Barbie World and he wants to he wants to make it where the guys rule and girls drool. <laughs> and I just like described <laughs> it to her she was like, Oh, that's funny. And I was like, Yeah.
0: That's
3: hey. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, it's like I think it really is as simple as just like talking to people. It's just like I—I I don't mean to sound like a fucking Bill Maher over here or whatever because I don't like him, but like, was but gonna like, say, Bill Maher, I
0: think you. Yeah, oh God! Yeah, oh, I think no. it really is. All
3: you gotta do is like talk to people, and describe things the way they are to people. I just like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. No, just, I mean it's like, the it's, like that's the, the, the of, joke of the movie. Yeah, it's
1: the joke of the movie. It's that um it's a matriarchy in barbie land so they i mean they you don't even see where the kens live i don't think he, even they have houses like they're superfluous like that's even sort of sad yeah and so they write and then so ken discovers what the patriarchy is and even though he cannot become a doctor um he goes back oh to my land. god
4: <laughs> just like Sorry, him trying to get a job just uh, destroyed me
1: the beach one is amazing no i beach um that is my job beach um not an i beach, beach just beach I kind of a beach here it's um i
4: would like to apply to your job of beach is <laughs> yes. like I would you like... want to be a lifeguard oh no, oh, no.
1: not that. i'm not quite, no, no. quite. I
2: stand here
1: though I stand nothing
2: here. out there just going to stay on the sand yeah cuz cool.
1: i was like describing was here i could not save them <laughs>
2: I was like
3: describing that to my my dad. I was like, "No, no, no, it's funny because like the Kins, you know, Barbie's Barbie dolls are made like they have occupations. Like Mm. that's all they are is like jobs. They're completely interchangeable except for their job. So like the the Kins, all they do is stand on the beach. He was like, "Oh, that shit's kind of funny." Yeah. (laughs) 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 <laughs> he's like oh that's pretty funny i was like yes, yeah it's really funny
1: there's a manifest describing it to him i found yeah. the
3: movie really funnier than i did when i was watching
1: it yeah even my workmates <laughs> who aren't particularly conservative were sort of saying oh I, I, yeah but the messaging doesn't work i'm like what messaging and they're like oh but the it, they will everyone's getting caught up on the joke of when at the end um isa is the president i am here and you're welcome um it's she they say okay Oh, can we actually have some jobs? And he goes, "Can we be on the Supreme Court?" She's like, "Okay, that's too far. You can be a circuit court judge." And then with Helen Mirren's narration saying that Kens now have the same power women have in the real world, and it's like, "Well, why couldn't Ken?" You know, I'm like, it's kind of just a joke. It's not even it doesn't even it's, mean anything. This it's is just, this is commentary. why you
3: cannot you cannot view movie. <laughs> I'm sorry to be mansplaining Ken right now, but it's like I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying, like, for everybody you can't view movies through a political lens like that. They're not going to reflect exactly what you want. Like they're, they're just not made to be that way.
1: It's, it's like, like when we get into Oppenheimer, it's not the, hmm. um. but yeah, no, the movie is literally in the speech that America Ferrera gives. It's just be yourself. It's hard. And because you're, right. if you're trying to please everyone, you're going to tie yourself up in knots. And Ken is doing the exact same thing because he is Barbie's boyfriend. And, he is beach and it's about them just being beach. themselves in the whole. I just love it. I love, I would love the job title of beach. Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: And the whole point is that Barbie is getting more and more human as the movie goes on. So at the time she's in the yellow dress, her hair is, um, I don't know if it's actual mark. It's probably not her actual hair. Cause she, but it is it, meant to feel like her real hair. Um, she's wearing a kind of a normal, very toned down dress for Barbie and she's about to become a real girl and it is that's the whole point I mean when America goes can we just make a normal Barbie she's a mom or she might be a president but she's also a mom can she just get through the day with feeling kind of okay about herself and I think that Greta takes it down to the level of can we can I just get through the day without feeling shitty and that is kind of my aim at the moment i don't want anything else i just want to get through the day feeling kind of okay about myself <laughs> and i'm like yeah. yes go go that is kind of the message of the movie <laughs> not that a ken couldn't become a supreme court judge that was just a literal <laughs> throwaway joke
3: yeah, why is everyone a, getting hung up on that <laughs> it's so it's so stupid like the big thing that fox news is pushing is that it's like this is this is a communist movie. this oh movie is actually about damn, it's like it's he's like you did <laughs> You didn't watch it. It's a. Ca- oh It does
1: not make up. fun oh of. My cap- God. You see that does once. not
3: make fun of capitalism. No. it makes fun of the patriarchy, but it is and- a capitalist movie just about matriarchy instead of patriarchy.
1: Exactly. Actually, the funniest one, of the funniest lines is when after she's called a capitalist fascist by um, Sasha, the fur's daughter, she goes out there and goes, "I'm not a fascist. I don't make the. I don't control the trains."
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: <I don't know. laughs> oh that the little up. kid God. stuff yeah hit too close to home for me like little kids talking like that I, yeah it's like you haven't <laughs> earned this cynicism
2: kid i'm sorry right that daughter is so cynical i yeah, was thinking we said teach that line
1: age group sorry hayden
2: do people yeah. hear that and think that that's the whole movie like tr- it's like oh there's i would mean, be so many I think they don't. like that's what the movie really thinks or that's like a, a character's thoughts because i think that's that line just calling somebody like a capitalist fascist and fox news hears that and are like Eyes open
4: up and they're like, ah,
2: no, they hate capitalism. I mean,
4: <laughs> we live I in truly an age, think, Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> we live in an age where people like every movie has to perfectly represent everyone's exact worldview, and if it doesn't do that, then people are going to have a problem, and that can include even making a simple joke in a movie. That, but goes, not they disagree with.
3: Well, I was going to say not only that it's like. Cause that's not what this is. Like, I just think people don't have media literacy anymore. They confuse like a joke with like intent. Like yes. Matt was saying, that's not what Greta Gerwig or the movie itself thinks. That's a joke that the kid is just saying. That you know,
0: like you have to remember. So this movie I agree is, with you though. Yeah,
1: this movie is made by Mattel. This movie, this is kind of like <laughs> yeah. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory when they were making a brand of chocolate and they wanted to make. They're making chocolate, of they're making chocolate so they make a movie about Willy Wonka. Not Charlie, by the way, Willy Wonka, because they want to sell chocolate. Um, huh. This is kind of Mattel going, oh, we can make a movie about our brand, and then Greta Gerwig and turns it into something kind of weird and silly and amazing um, that you don't have. You don't. This necessarily- except when Will Ferrell's in the room. That was my. That's my one issue. Oh, we're Um Will With what? Will Ferrell. Oh, no. with
4: Will-
1: I oh. let's not complain
4: about Will Ferrell. Thought he was really good this. I'm with <laughs> I like Lindsay him.
3: because I don't. It was okay. So I found a lot of stuff in the movie confusing to me, probably because I was still thinking (laughs) about Oppenheimer. But I was confused that, like, the Barbie world is very stylized. Yes, it it is very, and it's really cool. I love how stylized that stuff was. And then we go to the real world and it's mostly realistic, but then the Mattel stuff is just as stylized as the Barbie stuff. I I found that I was like, no, it's it's not.
1: It's, the it's cubicles are stylized. literally
3: cubes around them, Mark. Yeah. There's no doors <laughs> on their cubicles.
1: No, there isn't actually. It's yeah. it's very stylized. <laughs> and, um, Comparing
4: the stylization in the Barbie world to the stylization in the Mattel building is, uh, this is a little extreme.
1: No, I mean,
3: I, like the way people are acting like Barbie cartoon characters in a way that like oh, the people on the okay. beach and stuff aren't, you know, the office building itself I, I'm mainly talking about the cubicle stuff, but like that stuff is designed like some weird kind of, I don't know, heavily stylized cartoon version of an office, the way that a lot of the other real world stuff, this the public school and stuff just aren't. It's very
2: strange. I thought the Mattel office stuff was like an extension of Barbie land because they are kind of, in on the barbie land thing because they yes.
1: everyone knows about they
2: the know things. about like wolf Farrell and everybody knows about how this works and they put it back in the box and like like they kind of are in on the thing already so i and it's i mean that that office
3: See, all that building, stuff confused me too okay that office i was building thinking has, about
0: like, this
2: the way
3: people think doors. about yesterday i was like what the fuck <laughs>
0: how does this work
2: the office building has like random doors to know where a random office to a as they tell us later a ghost
4: as they just openly my my favorite, about right? like <laughs> Hayden, do I need to quote the French lady from Tenet to you? Yes, I think I you do, Ma. <laughs> Please do. Uh uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at the detritus of an oncoming war.
3: There we go. All
4: right, all right. No, don't okay. try to understand it. Feel it.
3: Another confusing thing. This one I do need y'all to understand, because this is not like just vibe with it. Okay, I understand it's a movie, so it needs to happen but why does Barbie want to become real at the end? I, I, that didn't feel natural to me. That just felt like, okay, the, the movie needs to have like
2: a little message like this. So she needs okay, I, I have an answer aware. to that, but yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, Matt,
1: you go. I'm interrupting everyone.
2: <laughs> uh, it's probably better than I was going to say because mine wasn't very well thought out, but I just thought... Yeah, stop interrupting
3: he... us three men,
2: Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Let us Matt, break down the Barbie movie. No, uh... Oh, uh, no, I... I can't recover. I, I just thought that because she got a taste of that uh uh kind of you know being like the being aware of dying and all their stuff because of America Ferreira that she realized she wants to make her own choices and go. Her. Cause the, the other Barbies didn't go out to the real world, right? So it was just her. So I mean Ken got out there and then he brought out the patriarchy, but like she gets out. I just think she gets a taste of it and was like, oh, I do want to be a real person if that's possible. Um because she kind of got to experience that a little bit that's that's just how i took it i you know that she i was kind of yeah. surprised i was like you want to leave all this but i mean if that's what she wants to do that's what she wants to do so you go girl yeah,
1: yeah you go go yeah. mark <laughs> uh what did you think about her uh wanting to become a real girl
4: i mean yeah it's it felt natural to me like after everything that she'd been through uh going off into the real world and having this experience of a different life and. Real uh, realizing she doesn't exactly know who she is, and she wants to find that out. I think it made perfect sense to me.
1: Yeah, I agree with Mark. She kind of loses her identity as stereotypical Barbie. She goes into the real world, find out finds out that people don't have the same idea of her as she did. And through the process of the movie, kind of loses her identity. So when she kind of has her meltdown, it just kind of sits down and rolls on the on the ground. It um. Which is so love that moment so much. Just the way a doll would kind of just go face down, and she's still face down at a Weird Barbie's house. It's, um, she's kind of having to rebuild her identity, and then that identity becomes human. And you see the process with the outfits like she's wearing bright pink, and she's doing the whole with the glass and with the milk, no, no milk in it, and she's living this fantasy life. And as she becomes throughout the movie, she becomes more real like her hair is way flatter at the end um she's kind of just wearing something a little bit more simple in terms of what a barbie would wear and then yeah she goes that's kind of how i i saw it like it's about her finding her actual identity which is just her figuring it out out as she goes along which most people do
3: I would have preferred yeah. it if this was a communist movie. <laughs> yes. And it was just like about how jobs suck and all the Barbies were like, "We don't want jobs. It sucks. Yeah. I yeah. know communism is yeah. more than that, but whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: I need my sure. communist oh, yeah. friends to come on here and explain it. Oh to my God. It to me. There, there
1: was this whole thing where Vietnam got angry because, and they were going to ban Barbie because it wasn't on the map. And then as a New Zealander growing up, who was never on a world map in a movie, I was like, get over it. She's <laughs> <laughs> always stopped in Australia. I was like, okay, we're not there. Um, and <laughs> it's, and then someone else was getting angry at the map. And then apparently it's about China because all Asia is China. I'm like, no, oh that's, just, that's just a badly drawn map. It's seriously, stop obsessing over the map. It was drawn by Kate McKinnon as weird Barbie. It's, <laughs> Or a set designer. It doesn't mean anything.
3: I'm so <laughs> glad I'm not on Twitter. This, this stuff <laughs> would legitimately like a, really annoy me. Uh, I'm it's... really glad I'm not.
0: I yeah, mean, it's... that's not
4: just <sighs> Twitter. That was an actual news report I heard about. uh Wait, really? I'm getting mad. Yeah. Yeah, I actually yeah. heard that on the radio as I was driving yeah. to work one day. Like, it's banned from Vietnam because it's not on the map.
1: Oh, by the way, Vietnam, communist, <laughs> a communist state. And it wasn't on the map, so yeah, whatever. That's a small detail. I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> way too angry about a movie that makes me happy. So I'm just gonna re- think about Barbie sitting <laughs> on a bus stop. But
4: let's think about the, for the, uh, first time. the God- Let's think about the Godfather joke, which was my favorite joke in the movie. Oh, My God. Okay,
3: Lindsay, I wanted to ask Good you joke. what's the what's the most stereotypically guy movie that a guy has mansplained to you?
1: Um, it would be my current partner, who I love dearly but um we, we had just moved in together so we had decided to commit we were buying a house and that is when my partner decided to try mansplaining transformers to me we were watching one of the movies one of the sequels i cannot remember what it was and then he started mansplaining and i'm looking at him going good thing i'm in love with you right now because <laughs> this had been at the beginning <laughs> it would not have gone well um yeah that is probably the most typical male thing oh actually i did have someone ex- trying to explain Coppola's assuming once and then he got annoyed because i knew more about the godfather than he did
0: well the <laughs> thing
1: that kind of confused <laughs> okay, he was trying me to flirt the... with me and then i was just like oh because this this and this and he's like oh
3: <laughs> the thing that confused <laughs> me about the godfather joke is like like i i love the godfather and so i'm I, but I promise I'm not coming from a place of like, oh, I've never missed the Godfather. Like, it <laughs> felt like a thing that Greta Gerwig's boyfriends may have done, because they're yes. like movie people. But mm-hmm. to me, Godfathers never felt like a bro kind of movie.
1: No, it's like the great no, joke they- of, I think it's Alexander Shep who sort of goes, I had a real investment in the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. That's kind
3: of... <laughs> <Yeah>. um... <laughs> I wanted to know how Mark felt about that
1: joke. Yes, Mark. How did you was,
4: feel about Greta coming for the find It Snyder? was a good, you, it was a good
1: joke. Seen? It was a great joke, yeah.
4: It's a good joke. <laughs> Listen, Aiden, in response to your Godfather comment, it's not just Gerwig. There is... I once saw a sitcom where they're like, the whole point of the episode was men love the Godfather and women love, and then there was a movie that I can't remember what it was. It might have been Dirty Dancing. Terms of endearment, but it was. I, <laughs> <my favorite> movie, <laughs> I just the remember way. there Paisle was. The it's not just. It's not just Old this. Precious. That is like a common like. That is one of the like ultimate guy movies. The Godfather. That's just,
3: it just it, didn't click with me because the person who introduced me to the Godfather was my mom. It's like my mom's favorite movie. Oh before. wow. So I've never like taken it as like a, a stereotypically guy movie, yep. but I, I guess See, like, my it's, mom. I think mom Scarface before I think, I think Scarface oh, before I think yeah. Godfather because Scarface is dumber. It's like the dumb Godfather.
1: <laughs> it is On purpose. That is what De Palma was doing. I mean, there are. Me the I mean,
4: there yeah. are lots of guy movies. It's just the one that they went with. Yeah, with yeah, the my little ones. guy.
1: What's the? Oh, I'm forgetting his name. What is the movie with the husband? <laughs> uh, he was in Eternals. Him and his wife were the movie where she was in a coma. Um... What? <laughs> wait a minute. What? what? <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> I have no idea.
3: The guy, they're in Eternals and they're in a coma.
1: It's got oh, Ray wait, Romano so in it. Holly Hunter. Um. Ray, Ray,
3: Ray, Ray, oh, uh, Ray, Ray. Uh, the big sick. The big sick. Welcome to Moose. Oh. oh.
1: There's a the moment in it. <laughs> I am blanking on his name. I am so sorry because you're really Camille Nanjiani? Camille Nanjiani. There's a moment when he was with uh Zoe Kazan, they just starting to hang out, and his movie that he shows her that she has to like is uh Dr. Fives. Um oh, the okay. Bits of Price movie. Every kind <laughs> of it's it's a trope that when you meet a guy, they're gonna end up showing you a movie that they yeah, love. I've done that, And yeah. I have done this.
3: Yeah, so that. I'm
1: guilty of this as well. Every guy has done this. I love this movie, I'm gonna show it to this girl that I like, and it's gonna be this test almost. Uh, Dan mm-hmm. waited until we were living together before he showed me freaking Transformers and I went, hmm, I, okay. Um, but it <laughs> is, because <laughs> I had dumped someone over Bad Boys 2. I do need to watch that movie again, but back in, I'm sorry, oh. no, Twitter. No, no you
4: it's don't. It's a great movie. It's a great I, movie. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. You don't need to watch it again. Ah, oh,
1: shit. I mean, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> that's the only thing <laughs> bazu, i've
3: never seen I've never seen bevels
1: so. i didn't get the jackie chan riffs of them flying, uh driving through a, a, a shanty town i just thought they were destroying their homes okay that i was not <laughs> as media literate um i will watch it again action twitter don't come for me you're all very lovely lovely boys um
4: <laughs> watch the island Lindsay.
1: i will watch i need to watch ooh, the islands oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but also um, please
4: watch Bad
2: Boys too because it's wonderful. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And I'm> <laughs> still coming it to this day.
3: Ooh, ooh, I'm again.
1: <laughs> but yeah, there's that whole trope, and I think for this one—it just happens to be The Godfather. And yes, do I think Greta Gerwig has had a boy explain The Godfather to her? Yes, that's fair. Yes, that's fair. I would say that. That was that was Britta one of the movies. Yeah, it it just depends on what movie it is, and I'm sure everyone's had girlfriends where they're showing them dirty dancing and expected the guy to go, "I get this." So it's. Yeah, because I did in fact show Dirty Dancing to Dan and him just looking at me, him going, "If I say the wrong thing, she's going to dump me." <laughs> Which <what> <laughs>
2: <happens>? <laughs> <sighs> I went through a period where I was showing girls the room, Tommy was says the room, and really being that's like, fun though, like
1: that's,
0: fun. <laughs> that's
2: fun. It didn't go over well very often. <laughs> it did not go over. I well. don't. I, I,
4: right. I don't. what
1: them. is what is your go-to movie that you show your significant a potential significant uh, other?
4: I don't. Uh, I mean, I've uh, really the Big Lebowski and Snatch. Those are two very dude-centric I movies. Watch yeah.
0: Snatch.
3: She's probably like, no, please God.
1: <laughs> I actually kind of like Snatch. Scared. <laughs> like Doug's. <laughs> Just Snatch
4: the title without context. Snatch is amazing. Snitch. Snatch is hilarious. That
1: fuck. Said <laughs> like 60,000 times. <laughs>
3: I stopped showing uh, people like. Movies, I'm like, oh, you got you got to watch this because I, I was a young idiot, and for some reason, like, if they didn't like it, I'd be like, oh man, wait! Like, hmm. in reality, who cares? Who cares if somebody doesn't like a movie? So, but Which I did I once... stop kind of like recommending movie. I think it, it has to come more naturally once yeah, you're does. together for a little while, yeah. and you're like, oh, by the way, Bram Circus, Dracula pretty good movie and then you got to inception them you got to plug them up to the inception machine go in their brain mind heist them and convince them keanu reeves is actually pretty good in that movie
2: <laughs> she's growing oh, up yeah. i i have stopped actually for most yeah. part doing that as cool. like a test to people sorry i guess mean, i uh i it's it just it too it became obnoxious i feel like movies were calling me out like you don't do that right. like, okay yeah me and my girlfriend have a list now we both are like you haven't seen this you haven't seen that i have way more stuff on the list that i haven't seen that she's like You haven't seen Dirty Dancing is a good example. She's like, you haven't seen Cocktail with Tom Cruise? I'm like, I didn't know I needed to. Uh, I (laughs) do (laughs) actually. So I have way Uh, more. I'll just say,
4: um, like, uh, I I once showed a girl Snatch, and we watched half of it. And then I forget why we actually had to pause it and come back to it the next night. And she was losing it the first night. Like, when the dog swallows the chew toy and starts squeaking, like, she was dying. Hmm. And then the next night we came back and we finished it and she was not as into it. And hmm. I'm not going to lie. It hurt, but I was never, I was never like, okay, uh, how dare you not like snatch. I was just like, all right, this one's just not for her, even though it was for her last night.
1: But- <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. Me Jesus. and my partner <laughs> say, who took the jam out of your donut? You did Tommy. You did quite a bit. You like, took that the is-
4: fucking jam out of my donut. Tommy. Tommy you did.
1: Bitch. Did. <laughs> um yeah i i have a soft spot for, for for snatch um it's yeah but that i think that is the everyone's got that i mean that's why i love the jokes i think are relatable they may not be hit that moment of like oh the godfather but they have that certain kind of um thing because the amount of times a working in a bookstore guy explained a book to me and i was like yeah i know like i'm the person who works <laughs> yeah, <buddy>. here <laughs> yeah buddy i'm the person who works here i know um <laughs> It, yeah it's it, it it does happen and i love the whole idea of um explaining the disconnect of li- living under a patriarchy of you having to constantly explain yourself which the kens are constantly having to justify their existence in barbie land um kind of thrown back at them a little bit but i did my most favorite tweet of this mo- uh, meme of this movie is that uh men would rather um get involved in an insurrection then go to therapy which i think is actually very true of this movie <laughs> the kids right. just want to How, yeah.
4: i just i love the the whole idea of the ending that <sighs> they basically miss the whole uh they miss the whole vote just because they're out fighting
1: yeah the fight is glorious <laughs> like sem samu i can't pronounce his name um coming S- in with the ribbon being held up by the the, the kens is yeah. one of the most <laughs> glorious scenes ever and then they're washing up on the on the thing it's and then they're just like hitting each other with just everything they have it's it is a glorious glorious <laughs> scene i love it so it's- much
2: I was telling somebody afterwards because they, some, uh, a person I know, I won't even call them a friend, who was like, they were asking, is it really woke? Is it full of messages? I'm like, it's a very silly movie, at the, end of the day. Like, it is not like, yes, Barbie. they mentioned words like the patriarchy and things like that. But I'm like, I was like, there is a scene where all the Kens fight on the beach in Barbie land without actual weapons. And I was like, this is so gloriously silly because I love stuff that's silly. Look. And I'm like, this is very silly. I was like, this is, this
4: is like, deeply you know, silly. Yeah. I will say, if someone asks you, is this movie woke? <laughs> you might as well tell them yes, because if I mean, they're yeah, asking probably. that kind of question, they're already going to be upset with everything. If they think of stuff in that terms, uh, that that terms, those terms, <laughs> then yeah, that's exactly how they're going to be viewing the movie, and they are absolutely going to think that. So you might as well just tell them, yes, the very well. If you have a... Pr- if you... <laughs> If you have a problem with that, stay uh, the fuck away. Go watch now I I, so, I yeah, want to s- <laughs> yeah. I
3: say something. It's not necessarily a question because I think I came to a, a fully, not a cohesive thought, but I think I, I answered my own question whenever I was thinking. Because while I was watching it, a lot of little kids in my theater were... Mostly confused, not really laughing at anything. Um, the it seemed to be more for the the moms and the aunts and whatnot. They were they were more enjoying it. Um, I, man, I haven't had a good cr- like theater crowd in a while. But but like um, so I was kind of thinking like seems like a kids movie, but it's not really for kids because they're not-, not really understanding what's going on. But then I was like is that necessarily a problem? Cause I didn't watch that many kids movies when I was growing up. Like I watched a lot of adult movies that I didn't really know what was going on. And I liked them for like one or two things that happened in it. We were kind of talking about this last week, me and Mark, I was like uh, my, my little brother saw be kind rewind back in the day. He hated most of the movie, but laughed like three times really hard. And he was like, that's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen when he was a little kid. So it's like, I don't know how much, intent matters i think kids just
1: like i think it's right because i the the first screening i went to was mainly 20 year olds and we were i was very they were laughing at certain things that i wasn't laughing at i was laughing at things that they weren't the second screening was a lot of little about 10 year olds and they seem to enjoy it, but I don't think mm. they completely... I mean, yeah. I mean, a ten-year-old isn't going to understand the fundamentals of the difference between a matriarchy and a patriarchy. They're not going
4: to understand the term... They're not going to understand the double entendre of beach-off.
1: Exactly. Or they, right. You're speaking of an entendre that is a double. Like, a, that... I love that line, which is to the construction workers. Like, she's... They're kind of looking at the costumes, the bigness of the performances, especially from Ryan Gosling, who is... He steals the movie in a lot of ways because he is so big. The way he slides off the, the Hummer um, puts the oh, double glasses funny. on. Yeah. He's really funny. Like he, and he's going big. I think that's kind of what they enjoyed. They enjoyed the fight. They enjoyed the I am Ken song because it is big, not necessarily because they're looking at the intricate things of male woman relationships or kind of how everyone kind of lives in the world and how you kind of try and carve it out. Yeah. They just, they just kind of liking the fitness of it all. And I think, that, yeah, I mean, you don't have to go and watch Barbie and get, like, this, oh, I'm going to study the patriarchy and how it affects the matriarchy and all this kind of thing. No, it's just, <laughs> sometimes you just want to, um, Ken, standing on a mini-fridge, going, look at my mini-fridge. It's, <laughs> that's all you want. That's I don't what. think,
4: I don't think kids ever pay attention to what's going on in movies. I never paid attention no, to movies definitely. when oh. I was a kid. I just wanted like, hey, to. Movies i like, hey, I like that yeah, I feel like kids like uh, most messages in movies.
1: Hey, I it's just like, noticed that people... half of Leone's characters in his movies are in brownface. I just honestly thought for years it was just Western grime and makeup, being yeah. like you, you're out, you're just not washing. And then I'm watching it, going, "Oh wait, Jason Robards is playing a Mexican." Oh, okay. <laughs> like that was literally last week, like that two weeks ago. So yeah, I don't even pay attention to what's happening.
4: Yeah, if i had watched kill shot when i was a kid i would have just thought mickey rourke was a native american
1: yeah i saw hey, jaws like
3: more it? than i saw jaws more than any other movie growing up i don't know how old i was before i realized what the actual story of jaws was and that is the <laughs> most simple plot you can ever imagine that's why it's a 4.5 out of 5 for me
1: exactly
4: Oh, here we go. All right, I, I had,
1: we I had, to,
2: get I had <laughs> to get it. In
4: there. It's okay. Everyone's got to get get that reference in there. I understand.
1: <laughs> but you know when no, people
0: no,
4: yeah. compla- like people always complain about like we kids need better movies. We can't just make like kid- movies like the emoji movies for kids. I'm like, you're not talking about kids. You're talking about yourself because you no, are forced no. to go watch all these. Yes. movies. Yes. No, no, Mark,
3: I. <laughs> I saw the emoji movie when it came out because I was on a, I, I am an ironic little piece of shit. And I was like, hey, let's see how <laughs> fucking bad this movie is. I had to re watch it uh, at work uh, during like testing week. It is, it, it literally will make them stupider to have more <laughs> movies like that. Like it, it is, it is bad. I, it is bad to have movies like that. Mm-hmm. I ge- genuinely believe that.
4: Okay. I think a kid's going to pay yeah. as much attention to that as they're going to pay to That's true. They'll Josh.
3: probably just be sending uh ungodly like they'll probably just be sending beheading videos to each other like on, on their phones <laughs> and like sending like emojis to each other instead of actually watching the emoji movies. So, you're probably right.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: it's yeah but I think it's it's fine for kids to go see this movie I think it's a great personally I think it's an amazing movie um I kind of liked it more the second time I watched it though again Will Ferrell just and he's not really doing anything terrible he's just being Will Ferrell I mean Kate McKinnon is improvising as much as he is but I just enjoyed Kate McKinnon more as Weird Barbie than I did as um (laughs) Will Ferrell going run in different directions. I want to be tickled. I'm like,
3: okay, dude. I, I don't know. I oh can't God, do I, Will, that. I cannot do Will Farrell, man. No,
0: I I can't do Will
4: Farrell. I, I was, on cloud, I was on cloud nine when he showed up. I don't know what his <laughs> like. Thank you, Mark. Me too.
0: I, I don't know what his. No, going Will
3: I don't know what his thing is. It's never worked for me. Hmm. Like There's his a lot particular of people brand like that. of like. I, dry <laughs> and silly well like because i like dry and silly i love british right. comedy that's exactly what british that is comedy, british is. comedy. Like, but him i don't i don't get him i like i like elf but he's like a little goofy little guy in that one
2: yeah he's- yes <laughs> i don't know he was one of my favorite snl cast members from when he was on there like i just think he's he has made some bad stuff and sometimes he's not funny and stuff but
4: you know i, I think part of it little- is Granted I haven't watched uh, I still haven't watched Eurovision but I feel like I haven't seen Will Ferrell do something like this goofy in a while like I can't oh, remember watch the last movie I I can't watch remember other than that I can from
3: 2 years ago
0: The what? Was
4: he what? in it?
3: What yeah watch watch oh. the Gal Gadot Imagine video that they Oh the no video
4: that got it. everyone mad at
3: Yeah that's as goofy so, like,
4: as this The stupidest thing that anyone's <laughs> ever gotten mad at
3: no, that was uh Mark No, no was,
1: I got uh, a little I got a little oh. mad at that. It's like don't I didn't watch meeting. it,
4: but I heard the, I heard the We're here to entertain like, you, what? guys. Please go. Why are we getting up, Why <laughs> are we getting upset about this? There's a lot of stuff I'm, going on in the world. Why are we getting mad about this? Because
3: no. it's it's ridiculous for the for them. It's Okay, we're not we can't get
4: into this. <laughs> Look, I agree the, rigi- I wrote, the, you the original Oppen- song. Oppenheimer. Celebrity in- I, I agree celebrities are annoying, but Lots of stuff is way more annoying than that.
1: That is true. I I just, the original song, I just don't think aged well at the point where they were singing it. They should have chosen a different song. Anyway. um, Uh,
4: Look at, Miss, you're you're acting like a yesterday hater over here now. That's exactly what people (laughs) say about yesterday. That's not
1: the Beatles. That was- The um, music does not work in this context. Do not look at, look at my life and how great it is, but I wish there was no money, but I am singing in an opulent kind of piano. It's just like, dude, come on. Um, Mark's
3: the biggest Imagine video fan,
4: <laughs> and I haven't even watched it.
1: it <laughs> That's why you're defending
0: it. <laughs>
1: oh, oh it's uh, uh, the re-
4: <laughs> I, We all get angry, at stupid
1: stuff, and Barbie is not one of them because Barbie, I like. I like Barbie. What am I going to say? Oh, Any yeah, final, I like final thoughts? Glad. You. I, will, like, <laughs> I,
4: I would i would call yeah. look i would call barbie stupid but stupid's not a pejorative for me like i like a lot of very stupid movies and it's stupid yeah. there's a lot of intelligence underneath the stupidity but a lot of the humor is just it's it's very stupid and i laugh because of that
1: oh yeah and the movie's a smart movie with dumb jones and that's kind of my favorite like it's exactly very, yeah
4: yeah yeah
3: I really don't mean it to sound it's like impossible to say it without sounding condescending, but like I am really happy for the people who really enjoyed Barbie and for the people that it was yeah. more made towards. I am so happy they had a really subversive, stylish comedy like this. That that is cool. I just I wish it had worked better for me in the moment, but you know, what are you gonna do?
4: Yeah. I like uh, that. I mean, Greta, that's like two movies in a row she's made of uh women. It's gonna sound really weird wording it like this, like women <clears throat> finding their place in the world. It sounds like I'm talking about the patriarchy, but you know, that's like three movies, whole three like movies, a row. she's find, made three find, movies in <laughs> a row. finding three movies in a row. That's right, but uh, like particularly Little Women, because that's all about like not like Lady Bird is mainly about going to college. Little Women is all about like deciding what you want to be in life and those ideas changing as you get older. And that's kind of what Barbie... is. Barbie's like the really insane, silly version of Little Women. And I love that she got to, like, explore those themes again in this kind of movie.
1: I'm so happy she got to make a movie with those sets. I mean, when that ambulance opens up, I'm like, oh, my God, someone built that. I mean, yeah, I think it has (laughs) CGI kind of touches, but someone Mm. actually made an open-up playhouse with that, and they made those kind of... um, Apartment thing, those dream houses. They made that ambulance open up. There was so many things that they made in this movie. That that beach mm-hmm. they made. Someone had to construct waves. It's like,
0: right.
1: yeah, they. She got to make that with that kind of detail. I'm just like, yes, but no. She, her movies about women trying to find their place in the world. That is Lady Bird realizing that being a grown up means kind of you like you turn to your mother, um, <laughs> which is a very sad. God, Lady yeah. Bird's so good. Oh, so good.
4: Well, also just yeah. realizing how much she care for her.
1: Yes. And how much realizing- she actually
4: cares Aww. for you, you guys. Got- yeah.
0: Jackie. Yeah. yeah. Jackie.
4: It's a great yeah. movie.
0: Jackie, I mean, yeah. Like, I'd <laughs> say,
4: like, I would say this is my least favorite movie of hers so far. But oh, I would still say the a, same I thing. still really liked it. It's a very strong filmography. But is I it mean, your favorite like, Noah like, Bombach movie? Uh, yes. Oh,
1: it might. Be. Actually, I, well, you, actually no, be- no. No, it's as It
4: is not... <laughs> It is not oh, my favorite know, Noah Baumbach movie because I don't believe he had anything to do with it because it's far too joyful. <laughs> it I is. think I think uh Greta was just like throwing him a bone the way uh Issa Rae was throwing one to uh was it Simi Lu who was asking her for uh cabinet or for a Supreme Court position? Yes. Oh, it was yeah.
1: Kingsley. Are I, think, I think
4: okay, I think Greta was just like, uh, oh, you know what? You gave me like one suggestion. I'll give you a co-writing credit. You deserve hmm. it. Placating <laughs> his ego. I'm sorry, Noah. You don't deserve it.
1: It is far joy- joyful for or a maybe movie. I'm, I'm, be- I'm
4: being mean. Yeah. I actually yeah, do. like. I like, <laughs> like Marriage Story. I like his collaborations with Wes Anderson. I just like making fun of uh, Noah Baumbach because Chris Hurtado is probably listening. <laughs> yes i just, i chased uh barbie with uh francis ha i watched it right after
2: because i francis forgot to did that. not direct I the movie. Francis she wrote it. No. it. really i was gonna say it's like another woman trying to find a place in the world i mean she she wrote it with him and did not direct it, I guess, but it still feels like her movie because she's a star and helped write it but uh the whole idea was... of
1: her spending too much money she doesn't have to go to paris for the weekend and realize that <sighs> she has to sleep yeah. through it it hits me in a place where again i feel attacked i mean just kind of the impulsiveness and dumbness of the thing i'm just like oh great i stopped. i mean the whole moment when uh ladybird's in the car and she goes i want to go where the culture is i think i have said that to my mother who also rolled her eyes to the back of the head to the point where <laughs> like, oh my god my 15 year old shush um my is, favorite uh...
3: joke real quick interjection my favorite joke in ladybird this shit makes me laugh every time is whenever you see timothy chalamet he's always reading the people's history of the united states and number one the funny part the the first funny thing is is that he's reading the people's history of the united states and he's like a high schooler the second funny part is that the first time you see him reading it he's outside at night with no light on the third funniest part is that his page the page he's on never moves throughout the entire movie he's yeah. just like staring <laughs> at the center of the book not reading it
1: yeah that's i Very i got funny. that second time Amazing. i watched it and just the whole point where she's yelling at him going i lost my virginity to you and i was on top i mean who does that <laughs>
4: <laughs> that might be my favorite chalamet performance it's, it's probably it's great. Too, it perfectly yeah. cast
2: he did a great job but what was he but not only perfect saint
0: album. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's got to be a li- like, little woman for me. Hmm. He's so good. Yeah, he's like, me. No, no, I don't understand. She said something. <laughs> she
1: was upset because she couldn't find cameos for her children, which are Sosha Rodin and uh, Timothy Chamolet And I was oh, like, no. oh to see them in the Barbie universe would have been great. But Aww. yeah, scheduling didn't work because they're both like, no, one's doing Dune or one's, well, I don't know. But um, yeah, it, that would have been amazing. But yeah, no. I think this is a really strong movie. I think it's fun. I think it's yeah. it's even as Mark said, this isn't even my. This is my least favorite. Greta Gerwig. Uh, that's Little Woman is my favorite. That is
4: like that's uh, fun too. Oh. I am so happy that the movie like the it is insane how well the movie is doing, and yeah, I, I am love it. so happy that she's gonna basically have the keys to the kingdom to do whatever she wants after this.
3: And I'm glad yeah, she's and it looks like that's this. gonna be Narnia. Well, yeah, I'm glad she's not doing a superhero movie after this, and she's doing Narnia. That'll be cool.
1: Well, she's been on breakup before saying she wants to be a studio director. She loves kind of those older kind of movies. That's what she kind of is in the zone she wants to be in. I'm like, good for her. I mean, yeah, it's not a superhero movie. It's a fantasy movie, and she's going to make it weird. And I'm like, yeah, give it to me. Make the um, White (laughs) Witch a good guy, and it's a story about her. I would love it.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know about another the white wage know- guy, but I would love to see Greta Gerwig do Chronicles of Narnia. That shit's yes. gonna be cool. No.
4: Yes. <laughs> I had something yes. else I was By gonna final say. Barbie I I to go with- final Barbie
1: thoughts? Final Barbie thoughts, because we're gonna move on to open very soon. I-, I
2: don't think I had to oh say one. That's so why I was just trying to just power through these points really quick uh really liked it like mark's point about how they had to build so much of the stuff that it's yes. real uh i heard they caused a pink paint shortage at one that was point Lindsay's point used... don't
4: <laughs> give me credit for something that a woman said have you not did you <laughs> not watch the movie i are talking said... about
2: guys i have i don't know if it's in here for a while sorry like Lindsay, great point. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> both, great point Lindsay. sorry <laughs> uh, i thought you both said it uh they, <laughs> they i built on mark's
1: point he started mean, yes they they built okay, that like okay. an ambulance thing. That is
2: so cool. <laughs> okay, so I was only half wrong. Uh, so then they, I thought, I'm so glad. I thought they were going to make a fatal mistake and do this thing where they start off in like a fantasy world, and halfway through they go to a real world yes. and not come back till the very end. I thought the it was, it was be yes the, the universe. First,
1: minutes. Yeah.
2: Yes, that's a great example. I, thank God they were only in the real world for like what 20 minutes of the movie, yeah. I think, and then they're back in mean, what a like, great. That's 20, 20 that's, minutes too. It's fun, yeah, that but I'm glad they didn't stay the rest is of the time. Be... <laughs> I'm glad they didn't stay there I, for too long because that's I, a mistake.
4: I would like I wouldn't have mind I wouldn't have minded even a little more time in the real world. I love the contrast of the real world with uh, the Barbie world. I mean I always love a good fish out of water. When they when the woman asks Ken the time and he just freaks out because he's being acknowledged. <laughs> and like, isn't no, there a little Annie Mum <laughs> there's little Annie Mumolo cameo she I'm pops so up and happy. says something about yeah. and it was so funny. They
1: never take it out of the I can't father. remember
4: what she said. <laughs>
1: Oh, she says, oh, that's oh, just yes, general anxiety. That's what she said. It's like when they're in- <laughs> oh, she thinks you're referring so to the kids and she's just referring to her own anxiety about having a tween. And then she's oh, yeah. like, oh, I'm fine. I'm acknowledged. Because yeah, they never take it out on the father.
4: <laughs> she's playing the same character <laughs> she plays in Bridesmaids. Same and, universe. She
2: wandered over Fletch, here from there. And Fletch the, uh, lips. Yeah. Oh, she's in that?
1: <laughs> Not Fletch's lips. Fletch, um, Fletch confess. Fletch. Yeah. She's the, she's the one with the apartment that she keeps, like, burning and there's dog poo everywhere
2: i gotta see that uh,
1: it's so good
2: yeah i don't know the real world stuff was fine glad they got to barbie Lynn. that's where the mm-hmm. money's at that's where you put all your effort uh and it's more fun there's good characters there and maybe the hardest laugh in the whole movie was when ryan Gosling at the end is crying and says i once i realized there weren't horses i didn't really care about the patriarchy anymore <laughs> it's really that whole joke is so great about him and the horses and then it's
1: like I, once the there horse. was a horse I well, the fact care. that the um russian war turns into horses was, uh, was there kind of amazing <laughs> Like, all right, that's all
2: I got on Barbie. That's all I got to (laughs) say.
1: Horses are men extenders.
3: (laughs) I was, or I thought it was really funny how, like, every time they would start to start a speech about the patriarchy, from the next theater, I would just hear explosions. It was like the speeches were constantly being like blown out by the explosions <laughs> from next door. I was like, Oppenheimer is proving your point, Barbie.
0: Your point you.
4: uh, I'm going to be on. Last week, when we uh, recorded the episode with James last week, I'm uh, I'm glad I got home earlier than I did because I was not going to wait till we were done recording to eat. And so I thought I was going to have to keep unmuting myself or muting myself when I ate dinner because I was going to be like so Sharpen that shit down. It would have been a true film feast. Would it been. would have been. <laughs> oh, it would have been an actual film feast.
1: It's about that. Chris has been. Chris, Chris and Todd has been advocating that for a while. Hasn't, hasn't
2: Chris he? has been advocating that for a very long time? And I'm like, <laughs> Chris. People hate. People hate hearing people eat on a podcast. Like I, that's like the most reviews I receive of bad reviews of podcasts. Like these people chewed on the podcast and uh, they were eating food, and it's like, oh.
1: So going to a movie where it's really showing how the patriarchy is bad. We are going to be getting into Christopher Nolan's, or Chris as I like to call him, Oppenheimer.
0: We're in a race against
1: the Nazis. And I know what it means.
0: If the Nazis
2: have a bomb.
3: They have a 12 month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. A secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists.
2: Build a town, build it fast. If we don't let scientists bring their families, we'll never get the best. Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long?
3: Why? Why? How about because this is the most
2: important thing to
3: ever happen in the history of the world? You're the great improviser,
1: but this, you can't do in your head.
3: Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero.
1: What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. This is a matter. Okay, now, Mark, since you're the Nolan boy, probably the biggest Nolan boy um, on here, your first reaction to Oppenheimer.
4: I mean, I feel like I'm going to be the least qualified to talk about it because I saw. It, I feel like I saw it the longest to go. I wanted to watch it again before this uh, podcast. Cause I knew I was gonna have to watch it again, regardless, but I just huh. didn't have time. But I mean, yeah, I watched it at 10 o'clock PM after a full day of work. And it was a lot of movie for that, for that, for, uh, for that experience, but it's Nolan. I got to see him opening night. Like that's just how, that's just how it goes for me. And I loved it. I've, I love his whole filmography, so that's not saying much, uh, but my feelings on the movie are a little complicated, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I think it's half of a masterpiece and half of just a really good movie. But I feel like the really good movie portion kind of weighs it down a little
1: i'm kind of with you on this actually i think it is a half half a masterpiece um and because i did actually go see it again because i hadn't seen i I think i saw it kind of a a little while ago and i wanted to go back just to refresh my memory on it and then i see barbie again so it was like a full day of just oh my god (laughs) i was so tired when i got home but yeah i'm i'm kind of the same with you um hayden your first thoughts on um before we while well, you chew your popcorn have a think about what were your first reactions <laughs> so so, to that. so sorry <laughs> <right>. <laughs> i
4: love i love popcorn love popcorn. i'm gonna, I'm it, gonna
1: it, try it, not... this is a movie podcast so popcorn is absolutely appropriate so i just asked yeah, make... went oh shit he's put something in his mouth
0: it's a film piece to make crossover for
1: exactly
3: <laughs> i had to make a little i had to make a little snack um yeah okay oppenheimer uh, I fucking loved it, dude. I, I don't. I, I don't know what to like. I get what Mark is saying. I've heard similar things, although I. I think Mark is. Um, I don't know if Mark is talking about the very first, like, thirty minutes, and then the last thirty minutes, and combining that as half of the movie or something. But I know the courtroom Basically. stuff. The courtroom uh, section does not work for. I don't know most of the people i've talked to about it my sister really didn't care for that stuff um mark i remember in your review you said the first 30 minutes is like feels truncated or just like a montage um that shit was my shit man like i mean like <laughs> i remember in 2010 uh tree of life is like my favorite movie it like redefined the way i watched movies for a while um i remember um on the bonus features christopher nolan was like talking about Terrence malick and he was like a big talking head in oh it my God. and i was like i was, was like what i was like why is
2: Mark's i was said, like Hang why on. is he here
3: <laughs> i was like why is he in here so it's on like the basic making of making of doc on tree of life and i was like why is christopher nolan here i mean i know he's like a big director but i don't really see his influence and ever since I've seen uh you know, he dabbles in it. Interstellar has some malicky stuff in it. it you know? Quite
1: a bit of malicky stuff in it, I would argue, but that is just
3: The me. space stuff for sh- the space stuff for sure and the, the shots at the beginning that are more like documentary, like of the Earth like, you know, dying or what
1: Yeah, that you and know? Dunkirk, I think, is where you can really and some of this movie you can really see the malik coming in. This so the way movie. he focuses on faces, yeah.
3: This movie, the first 30 minutes in particular, it is edited like a 2010s Terrence Malick movie. I mean, it is like you're jumping all over the place. It's a big montage. Everything looks beautiful. And it is like you're kind of just along for the ride. And I love 2010s Terrence Malick. So that stuff worked for me. Um, Then you get this like biopic that is insanely propulsive and like engaging and horrific and like all about this guy's interior. Everything you see is like from his perspective. Yes. And then on top of that, you get this courtroom stuff. And I love courtroom movies. So, I mean, this is not my favorite Nolan, but it's up there. I, I love it. And I know it's a really heavy movie and it's very long, but for like, ever since I saw it, I've just been like, I really want to go see it again. And I mean the same day I was like if I could fit in seeing it again today I would. Um I've just been really itching to go see it. Now. I loved Oppenheimer.
1: Uh Matt, is this your new favorite uh Chris Chris Nolan or your your <laughs> I, your first thoughts?
2: I don't think it's say my new favorite. I can't say it's my new favorite, but I was trying to explain to somebody last night who did not get the concept of like I can think something somebody's best work, but it's not my favorite. Like, I don't connect with it the same way. My immediate thought when Alpenheim was over was like, that may be Christopher Nolan's best movie.
0: Mm.
2: I, I haven't seen it again. That's a very knee-jerk reaction. Uh, but I was thinking, it'll never be my favorite because it's a, it's a three-hour biopic that is all about nuclear bombs and it's not. It's very it's four, heavy. So, it is, so what
1: you're saying, it's a four and a half, four and a half style movie.
2: i did take it at four and a four-and-a-half. <laughs> <laughs> you know my scale. Uh... It's like this is almost like perfect, but I would never be like, I'm gonna pop I, maybe I will. I maybe I, you know when it comes on Blu-ray or whatever or on TV, I'll be like, like, ooh, Oppenheimer's on again. Um, but I would still put like <laughs> I would right right now I enjoy like Dark Knight and the Prestige and even Interstellar. Like I'd probably watch those before I'd watch Oppenheimer, like if they were sitting in front of me as choices. But I did I was like Hayden. I feel like I'm more in Hayden's camp where um really thought it was great uh would want to watch it again as soon as i could i've not had a chance because it's a three hour plus movie with previews and all that stuff um yeah i thought it was amazing i thought it was like very well put together a little bit confusing with the time jump stuff or different stories and different perspectives but i thought i got a grasp on that near some part of the movie and uh thought it was very well edited like it moves oh, I like love- uh, this
1: second watch be- i fell in love with the editing yeah
2: clockwork like it's like it's it's all like so many conversations but the way that they're edited are so like snappy and like there's such like a excitement to them and I mean I'm gonna say it right out the the gate I think I'm gonna probably mispronounce his name I think massive credit to the score from Ludwig Goranson I probably mispronounced it my god I was like I'm not somebody who really focused on score that much but like I think halfway through I was like this score that's like propulsive it's under it's like burns under every single scene is like pushing this movie to a different level it's like pushing everything up a notch because it's so good and it just propels everything uh it's one it's one of my new favorite scores i put it on spotify it, it pops up sometimes i'm like oh the oppenheimer score um i loved it i thought it was amazing so yeah
1: <laughs> now, the trinity score is chef's kiss yes. well, no that, i think yeah, yeah. that's
4: the be- that's the piece that I like I listened to the second the movie was over. I rushed to the score to mm-hmm. listen to that piece of music and I listen to it pretty regularly right now.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean fantastic. Black like Hayden, this movie kind of scratched an itch of the talky people sitting in rooms trying to figure things out speech. And that is very much why I also really love courtroom dramas. Um I will say I really love the beginning of it because I think you're right, it's got that very melody kind of tone, the way it's shot. You're just like the whole movie, you're just staring at Killian Murphy's. Base. like it's a leone movie you're just staring at him going oh god what the fuck have i done um or what am i yeah just trying to trying to kind of comprehend what he's doing which would have been insane because i don't think even the scientists who were building the bomb knew exactly the effect it was going to have on the world especially the effect it was going to have in japan like i don't think they could even imagine what was going to happen in a few short years but um there's something about i think i just i I try to watch it again to try and figure out why exactly i think some of it doesn't work for me and it is the robert downey jr stuff i think i will say i think he is really good in this like to see him actually um not be a movie star for three seconds which i enjoy him being a movie star i love iron man though i do roll my eyes when people say this i didn't think he had this in him i'm like have you not seen Chaplin? um like he has done stuff before iron man um I think to sort of see him when he's like leaning on his hand and he's answering these questions I think is amazing but for some reason that even though i get why it's in the movie i'm not sure why it doesn't completely work for me even though i also think alden ehrenreich his bored face is one of the greatest things I've ever put on film when robert downey jr's sorry my cat is about to walk over the keyboard go the other way thank you babe um <laughs> it's <laughs> the cat's just like i'm to walk in this one no you're not um it, the way those two banter off each other, I think, is in... I mean, I love the performances in this. So I'm still trying to figure out why, I guess... Is it... Fusion is the H-bomb stuff with the black and white? Um, that stuff doesn't completely... And I don't know if it's because of the way it's edited or the time jumps or trying to do that Nolan uh, puzzle box thing he does, when I maybe prefer to just a straight biopic on on Nolan. With the other Nolanisms, um, I'm not entirely sure yet, because um, the things that didn't work for me really didn't work for me on the second watch. But then I was noticing Robert things that Robert Downey Jr. was doing in his performance that I was like, "Oh, yes, this is why you're probably going to get nominated for best supporting actor, because um, it's a really good performance." So and I think a- the thing. Yeah.
3: I'm, so so- I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, I'm
1: trying to figure things out in real time. And it's not working very well. <laughs> Ladies, please go. <laughs>
3: Well, I think the thing with the Robert Downey Jr. section is that, I mean, it's the Amadeus Salieri story. It's like the he's just petty and jealous and Mm -hmm. like bitter. But it's like, I think, I guess the reason it doesn't work as well as Amadeus is like Amadeus is like four hours long and it's all about that. Yes. Whereas this is like, this movie is only like a third about that and you don't get any of them before this stuff happens. Yeah, so, exactly. like You don't see it build up to that. So I can kind of see that, but man, that is just such a, like, I love petty bitches. Like, I love, I, I love, I love, petty he is such a petty Lapone in this movie.
1: Here's and, the and so, oh.
3: thing. The fact that from the beginning of the movie, he's like, What did he say to Albert to turn him against me? And then you get the realization at the end that it's like,
1: they weren't they even weren't talking
3: even, about you. They weren't even fucking talking. Well, like, had, okay. had bigger the problem.
1: things
4: on their here's mind than you. Part of the, problem.
1: <laughs> part okay, of the
4: problem is that I I figured that out from that scene. I just assumed, like, he's like, oh, what uh, uh, what uh, what did you say to him? And I just assumed, I don't think they were talking about you. I think they were talking about uh something Oppenheimer did. And then hmm. the fact that that's treated as a twist, I was just like, ooh, I figured that out from the get-go so the fact that we spent so much time building up to that uh was a little frustrated by that and yeah on top of that on top of that yeah we don't really get to know lewis strauss that well like we get like we pretty much jump right into this trial and we get a handful of scenes with him but the whole like the whole fact that the whole second half of the movie hinges on this twist that he didn't even say anything to Einstein about him, I was I was a little irritated. Again, I'm watching it at ten o'clock at night, and I'm loving the movie, but also I'm I'm ready to get home. And the fact that I had to sit through so many like so much courtroom talk just to get to that realization, I was a little irritated.
1: It does drag a little bit. I, it's the thing I have with sorry, Mark. I know we have already litigated this. The Dark night after that amazing action set piece and you get to the things with the boat i'm suddenly going okay i'm exhausted are we gonna oh we're not gonna wrap this up we're gonna drag it out like even longer because we haven't even dealt with Face yet oh christ Lie. um yeah that guy lied
4: here i am being like oh my god that stuff's mm-hmm. so good
1: Yes, That's and I'm just like going. Stuff. I'm kind of exhausted, <laughs> and I'm kind of exhausted about the whole because we've seen because we've already got the courtroom stuff in the in the body of the movie. This isn't kind of like a normal biopic where all that stuff would be at the end. It's interwoven, which I love. But so when it just kind of ends on that kind of stuff, I'm like, but I saw the bomb. I've already seen them arguing about um should we negotiate with the Russians and trying to pull back on it, which i looking at history that was never going to happen like it was just not um they're having like i became obsessed about why nolan was kind of using the flower display as he was when he was fighting Dane dahan and and everything and it's um it's like surprise there's a few actors where you go surprise i'm like don't surprise me with casey affleck what just show his face <laughs> no, why do you, Why is there three shots at <laughs> like, the back of his head
4: like <laughs> Here here's my here's my point. I think Nolan knew what he was doing, and he knows that people are not excited to see him. And his presence is not a friendly presence. No. He is immediately there. He's there to make us feel uneasy. He's there to make Oppenheimer feel uneasy. And we get that uneasiness solely by looking at Casey Affleck. Yeah. I, unfortunately, it is Casey Affleck unfortunately it means he had to get paid for this but I think it's a pretty effective tactic I think he knew what he was doing there he
1: used him effectively and um the fact that you get also the counting back to Matt Damon going oh no this guy will kill you in the worst possible way it's <laughs> really effective I saw um, an
4: entire letterboxd review about how like effective the reveal of KCF like was
1: just I was just like <laughs> it was kind of this weird thing I'm like why are they hiding his face? Why am I getting three edited shots of the back of, oh, it's Casey Affleck. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> like we go. a
2: jump scare or something. <laughs> I, I, was like, I, it was funny because, I mean, I thought about this too. I was like, well, he's playing an asshole, which I always have an easier time with, like to go back and like, look at somebody who is in real life, not a good person be an asshole. But I'm like, this is post any allegations I've heard about Casey Affleck. So the real world thing, like Mark said, it's like, well, he still got paid to do a job. Even if Christopher Nolan's like, well, you're an asshole, play an asshole, but it's still a like had to pay him to do the job. So it's kind of like uh, to,
3: to be fair, know. not to Casey yeah. Affleck, but just to be fair to just the situation. <laughs> this movie has a million speaking parts.
1: And the role brunette. And
3: everyone in it is an actor from
2: Hollywood.
1: And everyone's a brunette. <laughs> they have this all.
2: They have all. Something's going on. All. All... Oh, yeah. here's, here's the thing Josh and Pack and Olivia Kirby are of... probably innocent. No,
4: I'm just <laughs> picking two random people. <laughs> Uh, Michael Caine is not in it though. Now he couldn't have Man, played that. He whole, retired, but... right?
1: He retired. That's is this his first? Oh, movie did he retire? Without... No, is no, that like... why he's not in yeah, this? He's retired. I thought I he... heard he
2: retired. Yeah.
1: Yeah. His last. He was, I didn't he did... hear that. Tenet was an official. This is my last movie, and I am sitting down for it. But this is the first official um non Michael Caine movie he's done.
3: They should have and... shot I didn't like hear a, about that. a flashback to like Merlin, the first
2: scientist. <laughs>
1: He's um, um,
2: um, 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 like, I would love that. That would uh, be great. He could have played Prometheus. In the, yes, no, that would <laughs> yes. He uh, didn't, didn't have to
1: stand up for
2: that. <laughs> Lindsay and Mark said, like, I meant to jump in, but I it was so going on uh, about the whole. I didn't take the whole thing with Einstein as like a twist. I thought the because I thought the same thing. I'm like, they're not going to be talking about Robert Downey Jr. But I, the, the mystery, the mystery is like, what did he say to Oppenheimer? And and that whole part that it's like again, I saw this a week ago, and I feel like it's so much happened in this movie that I feel like I've lost most of it. But I know it's something heavy and profound about what they've done to the world, and then it leaves Land with Oppenheimer's face. And so I I never thought it was built up to a twist. I just thought it was like, what did he say to him? That was so right. And it gives to, all Aaron Wright one of the best lines of the movie it does. when he says they're talking about someone more important than you, and it's like, what a burn. Like well, they're know, talking about themselves. Line, but...
1: It's an amazing line, but they're talking about their own reputations When because Einstein sort of says, remember that award you gave me? And he's like, yes. He goes, it wasn't for me. It was for you because you thought I didn't understand what my um, ideas had accomplished. I didn't fully grasp that. I did. And I realized that you guys were picking it up and carrying it along. They're going to do the same thing to you. They're going to talk down to you. that They're, they're going to think that you don't understand because this is before the ACE or whatever the, atomic council was um uh the aec um was he's like yeah they're gonna do that they're gonna think that you don't fully understand and it's not your idea anymore so they kind of already talk about their reputations not lewis strauss's um which because he's such a petty opponent he instantly thinks that they're talking about him not being a scientist (laughs) and not being Mm -hmm. good enough um and i I just think
4: the well see whether it's a twist or not, the movie it's kind of, kind 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 of, of treats it like a twist because was to say. Yes. Have, like, once it's revealed, to Downey Jr. There's like this, like there's this like big, big music swirling, and it's like, oh my god, it's the tenant thing, like it... mm. the tenant, theme. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: What is it? Oh i love that i love that they brought that back i love recurring like notes and stuff and scores i i, I was eating popcorn whenever you called out the score matt i just wanted the second or third or fourth <laughs> that the score is great the score is so okay. good yes hans, i was actually, like hans wish... who hans Zimmer I, who
1: i know <laughs> i was actually watching during... it going with well, the first time i watched it i didn't know who did the score so i was just assuming because i didn't look at any of the things i was like oh it's gonna be hans Zimmer. And I was actually thinking, oh, Hansel has put notes in this. Excellent. And then I goes, no, it wasn't Hansel who did the score. I went, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Because it had notes. She's like, yes, it was a um, more of a um, but no, the, the score is amazing.
2: <laughs> That's what I did, Lindsay. Well, I was I would, like, like, something's different about this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
4: I, d- I did want to watch it again, though, because it wasn't Zimmer, but I noticed, like, it really stuck out to me. I noticed a couple of recurring motifs from the Interstellar score, and I really wish that I could remember exactly what they were. Because, I, th- I mean, again, I do think it's cool when, like, motifs are reused, especially in the same director's filmography. But I also thought it was odd because Interstellar is such a hopeful movie. And this is such a sorrowful one. And so it felt strange to use uh, what I associate as a, like, I consider very hopeful music in a movie like this.
1: It it really is. I think there's always, I think the movie always has that thing of hope of saying, okay, if we all listen to Oppenheimer, we are going to be okay. But no one's going to listen to him because I think this movie is about two things butting heads, fusion or fission. Like that's tells you at the beginning. And whether it is about the people who create or the people who don't create, like um, I know Nolan's, uh, there's a few theses, like uh, M- Nolan makes movies about, secretly about movies, like uh, The Prestige. Um, this was kind of that. It's like, you have this idea, you're a creative, you make this thing, and then the studios just take it away from you and you no longer have control over what happens afterward. Mm. Um, I those, thought of it that way. Yeah, or the people who kind of, Control and the people who create. And I think there is a big... Because um, even bar- at the end of Barbie, she says, I want to be the person who creates, not the person that is made. Um, and this is kind of wow. what that is. It's also about communism and um, the government or fasc- fascism versus the government or you're know, kind of whatever. It's all about these things kind of hitting together or the idea of theory and then it becoming reality. And I think that's a big part of it as well and it's which i guess is the thing for a nuclear bomb i don't know i don't understand physics my partner when he watched it went needed more physics i'm like no if it needed if it had more physics in it i would have been completely lost those little bits <laughs> when they're talking i'm like no idea what that is it's like tenant right you don't need to know what this is about or you need to know it goes boom
3: <laughs> well, but I Lindsay, like you know- allow stuff. me to explain no i'm kidding i am <laughs>
2: I I'm kidding. I'm gonna run
3: this Not joke a science all
2: the way. At all.
4: Yeah. Not a science yeah, I don't know either. I don't Nolan, know. Either. Just... Nolan's movies make me want to learn. Nolan's <laughs> movies make me want to go back in time to my science classes and so be strange. like, grab my grab my younger self and slap him. Like, you need to pay attention in this class.
3: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, are you? I love that it was it was a meme, but I love that it was like This is the Avengers for people who know their multiplication tables. Because it's like like (laughs) Kenneth Branagh pops up as Niels Bohr. And I was like, I remember Niels
1: Bohr. I remember that name. Hell yeah. Everyone is playing (laughs) someone who existed. There is no composite characters. There's no joining of things. Everyone in this movie was a living and breathing person walking around the world. Um, It was
4: funny going through the uh, Wikipedia page because the cast list uh Every actor is a hyperlink, and then every actor that every character that they're playing is also a hyperlink to that person's <laughs> Wikipedia page. I know, I, uh... it's,
1: I love the day that Christopher Nolan just rounded every bru, uh, brunette in Hollywood and took them out to New Mexico because I actually looked at him <laughs> like did he? No, he actually filmed it around the place where they actually did did it. I'm like, of course he did. He's goddamn Kubrick in that respect. So apparently, not as big as um sixty thousand takes. So which is good for Nolan. Um, he, but yeah, he just kind of, which is like, which is to the point where as soon as Benny safety came in and sat down and the first screening, I lost it. I was started giggling because it was just this person, this person, this person. I know that person. I know that person. And all of a sudden there's Benny safety I'm giggling and I'm in a screening of very serious Nolan heads. The, I, so everyone just turned to me and just, cause you're only were allowed to laugh at Matt Damon, everyone else. This was not a laughing matter. So I, as soon as when <laughs> Truman showed up, it's I had to like funny. cover my mouth and go, "I don't know who it is," but I need. I'm going to start giggling as soon as I figured out who it was, and I did because Gary Oldman's playing another. I had I insane.
4: had to look yeah. at the credits to figure that one out. But you know, here's a good question, because I I knew Benny Safty was in it because I remember I him from the trailer going, "Until someone else builds a bigger bomb," <laughs> and but it. there were a lot of people that. I had looked at the cast like everyone else and I had forgotten a lot of people who was in it. So you know what? Why don't we, why don't we start here? Uh who was each of yours like biggest surprise that they were in the movie? Like who did you Okay, do surprise you you and that... MVP. Okay, yeah,
3: surprise. Okay,
1: surprise. surprise
4: okay. And MVP. Uh yeah, my okay. biggest surprise was uh Jo Well, I guess the biggest surprise would have been KCF like, but you know, I don't want to give him credit. Uh biggest surprise <laughs> was uh, Josh Hartnett. I didn't know he was in it. And He's MVP, uh, he is great. Oh man, I don't MVP. I might have to think about uh, for a little bit. Might be Killian Murphy. I mean, it's kind of uh, it's his movie. I mean, he gets uh, yeah, it's his movie. He carries it with a plum. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, Hayden or Matt? Oh no! Was... Oh no!
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, no. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think who was the biggest surprise, because God, uh, pro- maybe, I don't know, I don't, oh, him Blair, easily, him
2: Blair.
1: I didn't, Macon I was Blair. like staring at him I going, why?
2: It, he's in the movie.
1: <laughs> I was staring at him oh. going, why do I know you? Why? And then I went, oh shit, it's making Blair. Why do I I <laughs> have to look it up, but like, yeah.
4: Sorry, that reminds me, my MVP. Uh, you know, just because I won't give it to the star of the movie who's in every scene—that's too easy. Uh, my MVP <laughs> would be my boy Jason Clark. Every time that guy's on screen mm. in any movie, oh, I am.
3: Hooked. I wanted to kill him. I want to
4: shoot him. <laughs> right. I want to shoot him. He's a ba- no. <laughs> he plays a great bastard.
1: He does. Yeah. He is a great bastard in this. Just the way he, him and his thing with when um uh, uh Emily Blunt. She's like, I don't like your phrase. Like that is like that is a very cool moment. Matt, biggest surprise. That was a
3: great girl. Power. Yeah. Well, I want to say my MVP. Oh, who's quick. your MVP? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. If Jason
1: y'all, what. Can,
3: y'all can guess my MVP. My MVP is my boy Kenny B. I love that. Like, oh yeah, he plays yeah. the biggest <laughs> yeah. asshole, evil guy in Tenet. and then here he's like a very sweet voice of reason. He's like
1: lovable. uh ex- not do lovable, this Yeah. Thing.
2: yeah. <laughs> He's they so treat good. him like they're I love when they bring him back. Like they like treat, grandpa. Like him. Yeah. <laughs> they get him back like it's like Thor shows up in Avengers Infinity War no, or something. It's like No, he's he's like, like,
0: no, he's, he's, like
2: uh,
3: he's like Bob Odenkirk from uh, Little Women. He's like oh my little yeah. scientist.
1: My little women. <laughs> my little my little my little scientist oh. come here for a hug. So like when he's when he's giving the thing at the and the Christmas party and he's like, oh, I uh, could not believe that uh Heisenberg was went to the Nazis, like after all that I had done that they were talking, he was very excited about how what's that? oh you're excited. Oh my scientist. Like, yeah, he's um it's like no, I'm not gonna help him with this one. This is a dumb <laughs> idea. <laughs> Matt, surprise in MVP. Oh,
2: this is I'm looking at this cast list again, I be this is insanely difficult. Yeah. <laughs> like uh I man, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Two surprises. Uh a guy who's always solid and shows up and stuff tony goldwyn i didn't know his, he just yes. shows up in, part, yeah. in that hearing hey always that's good. right
1: With playing an asshole again i love it yes and when oh. james reymar shows james, up as who was james congressman harry
2: simpson
4: henry simpson yeah that's right
1: he was like oh we're crossing off Kyoto. i went on my honeymoon there which apparently the guy did that that was that moment
4: oh my oh my god that's
2: it's chilling. I mean, it's, it's such it is chilling. Bordering. It's like Kyoto avoided disaster. because, And that's a real story. He yeah. found that, took that to Nolan and said, this really happened. And they put that in the movie. That like Kyoto really was like a main target and they took it off the board because a guy went on his honeymoon there. Like it's so, just how back, you know, politics and government and things work behind the scenes. Well, this this uh, is why I, I, we're I gonna say, gonna say it's a better, it. we're gonna
1: drop it's a this better condemnation. What? of it, it was a spot where they hadn't already fucked Japan up. Like it wasn't like oh tokyo is too big but we've already kind of half destroyed it okay so what places haven't we destroyed all right and there was 12 on the list yeah it was just like a eeny meeny miny mo thing it's so chilling
2: uh yeah it was that was that was a crazy moment and i was like this is real uh man
4: which and for any for anyone out there who thinks that uh this movie is pro-fascist or you know, you saw the little uh, tweet circling around. Oh, this is going to be pro like, bomb.
1: I'm like, they, these guys don't know what he's going to make a
4: pro atomic bomb movie. <laughs> I, I'm just like, all right. I want to talk about this maybe. more at
3: length after after Matt and Lindsay do their MVPs mm-hmm. and surprises. All right, I want to talk about
2: I, that MVP more. is so hard because everyone is uh, so good in this. I will. When admit. I walked out, I think when I walked out, I'll go if I got. I thought I was really surprised by how good, and I think he's always been good. Like, uh, but Alden Ehrenreich in his part is almost seems like kind of a not like nothing part but a small part but it gets he's... he just keeps playing it so well and it's like i uh yeah i it just like he it gets better and better as it goes along i feel like you're like oh okay he's like and he gets those great lines at the end just to robert Downey Jr. I, it's it's so many good people in this movie though, so that's I'm gonna stick with that. I keep talking myself about other options. <laughs>
1: uh, um, I have just realized Alex Wolf is in it, um, and I, now I know what role <laughs> well he played. I'm like, oh, I'm like, is that Alex Wolf? I just remember the credits. Yes. Um, my biggest surprise um, was well, he's also I'm gonna have two MVPs, and he's also one of my surprises was Josh Hart, Hartnett. He is really yeah. good. Yeah. I think he is so well in this movie. My but my MVP goes to um, David Krumholtz, which um i've never been a david krumholtz guy but he yeah. is so good as this lovable big brother to Oppenheimer. Eat, um and he's like oh we have american talking physics and then he's because he you learned dutch in six weeks to talk about quantum mechanics and because Oppenheimer's is kind of an arsehole it just goes yeah so i just wanted a challenge um
3: yeah he's very lovable And he's
1: very lovable you kind of want to hug him and he's kind of yeah he's just this warmth in the movie and that i think the movie absolutely needed same with josh hartnett the way he calls him opie that he's his actual friend and the fact that he does even though he's pissed at him for sleeping with a friend's wife but i've got a sneaking suspicion everyone was sleeping around in um that base, like they would have just been like whose whose children belong to who kind of situation it would have (laughs) um I think he does really good. And Hartnett is so good and so relaxed. He's like the only six foot two guy out of the whole cast. Like you can see him kind of towering over everyone. Um, Uh He's so charming. And so I don't know if he is six foot two. Like he just feels tall in that movie.
2: (laughs) He does seem taller than everybody else around.
1: (laughs) He does. Um, But he's so charming and so relaxed. And yeah, him and uh, those two, and Ellen Henry uh, and and Reich uh, kind of really held their own um, when... Yeah, I know they're good actors, but they really held their own in these kind of things. When um, David sort of says, oh, no, I'm not going to be your head of um, theoretical. I'm not, I can't bomb a place where you're bombing the just and the unjust. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, the performance has got some of the best, it's got some amazing performances in it, and they're all small roles. And it's like Barbie, I love the smaller roles than I maybe did the bigger ones. It's just a feast for ca- good character actors.
3: Right. Now I want to go to the controversy that Mark brought up a little bit, cause I think it's really stupid. You mean it was <laughs> like
1: the movie was going to be too pro bomb. And then when it came out, it wasn't pro bomb enough.
3: Yeah. Or, or like, okay. So there's some criticism from the left for a few different things. Yeah. The thing that I want to harp on is like, I specifically heard someone that they're, they're on a political channel that I watch every now and then. And, um, whenever I feel like my brain can handle politics. And um, <laughs> they were complaining that they're, they're not like a movie ch- like channel at all. Like they, they never talk about media or anything. Uh, but they were like, the movie didn't do enough to establish why the bombing was bad. Like they should have shown the bombing. And this reminded me of when Matt said, uh, Matt, you talked about the guy who was like, they didn't show why the Nazis were bad in Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. Yeah.
4: What are you talking about? Oh my about? god.
3: If if you come away from this movie and you're you're like that was probably okay that we did that, you need to examine your soul. Like, I mean, it, they add enough to make yeah you, to make you realize yeah. what the situation was.
1: Yeah, I mean, one, if you actually saw what happened in Japan, you wouldn't sleep ever again. Like I've only right. I Okay, I'm lucky enough, I have been to Japan, and we went to Nagasaki, and we, so, there's this amazing park where the bomb actually dropped, which is terrifying, because all you're doing is looking up, because I have a sign, this is where it dropped, and you're just looking up going, fuck, um, and because it was, like, a, a, the golden week where they have a whole bunch of holidays, it was Children's Day, they had a children's choir singing, and it was very beautiful, and then you go into, it's very sad, like, they, the place has a sadness about it, just that one spot. Nagasaki is a great city. Um, And then when you go into the museum and then you see what actually happened, it's horrifying. I don't necessarily think you need to put that on screen. It's like in What's Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't want to see Sharon Tate, nine months pregnant, be stabbed 15 times. Some things you don't need to show on screen. And I think the movie makes a point. And also movies should not be your history lesson. That is why we have documentaries. Yes. That is why we have books. That is why we bless. have
0: bless,
2: Um a whole <laughs> yes. history
1: as its history is its own medium. It does that's not That's why you be, go to school.
2: Yes. That's why you go to school.
1: <laughs> if you're wanting to mark scorsese easy to tell you that Jordan Belfort is a bad person, if you need um What's a Quentin Tarantino to tell you that yes, the Tate murders happened, Tate Bianchi murders happened, with Charles Manson was a bad person? If you need this movie to tell you that the bomb, the at- dropping the atomic bomb on an almost surrendered country was a bad was if they if you need movies to tell you that that who I can't remember who said it, so I'm sorry, uh, might have been Hayden. Um, media literacy is going. Like yeah. it's not Nolan's job to educate you. There are so many other ways to do that yourself. He's right. making a movie about the guy who made it. It's his point of view. He wasn't in Japan. He did. He only found out it about it later. It was a sick science experiment that they. He found did. about.
3: He found out about it. If if the movie is to be believed, he found out about it on the radio when everyone else. Did.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He didn't know when they were going to yeah. drop it. He and, made it, and, and when he, he says was to Truman, I have. As- Yeah, sorry, Mark.
4: Well, I was just going to say, like, after he finds out, he's just as horrified as we are. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And 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 Brima makes this chilling point. It's like, yeah, we've killed 100,000 people in Japan, and yet there is no protesting in the street. I'm worried about this. Like, he's he's consciously thinking, we've done some fucked up shit, and no one's really paying attention to this. When they find out, we're going to be in trouble, so therefore they know they can drop the bomb, because... Everyone still remembered Pearl Harbor. And I think the actual Americans, oh, just the wider Western world, like Australia, America, Britain, didn't know what happened in Japan until the 60s. Like they kept, or maybe the late 50s, because Godzilla had come out by this stage. But they didn't actually know the true horror of how this was a generational killer until oh. an expose. Like they kept what happened pretty closely under wraps. Like they knew the bomb exploded, but they didn't know what it had done to those people places like it's but, yeah because the people you knew if you saw that shit you'd go oh mm, no right. No, no, right. no no no, yeah yeah
3: but also i think people aren't watching the movie because like i mean i know movies are open to interpretation and i mean clearly people take things away from it that i don't see and vice versa but it's like i don't know how you watch this movie and you i've joked about it before i i love misquoting mark and Mark, you gotta say I've become pretty cool, baby. You gotta say that before we end up. Yeah, you. But did. like, I know people were worried about like. I was worried about my little brother seeing this movie and going, "Dude, Oppenheimer is off. what? What? What a hero! Like, what a great guy!" But like, I don't know how you watch this movie and you don't take away like. You can empathize with them, especially like regret. Everyone has regrets, and I know his bigger than anything I've ever regretted in my life, but, like, <laughs> this movie is not pro-Oppenheimer. He's, like, a bad guy.
1: He's, 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 like... He's difficult. He's, like, a... He's prickly. He's not good to... He's not an easy man to be around. Yeah.
3: I, I came away from this movie being, like... I I went into the movie thinking, yeah, that guy's one of the worst guys who ever lived. I watched <laughs> this movie, and I was like yeah that that guy was more complex than i imagined but he's still one of the worst guys who ever lived right he sucks (laughs) oppenheimer sucks like i I don't know how anybody's like this movie didn't do enough to make you realize that oppenheimer was actually kind of a bad guy you don't. i've I've
1: seen the other side they don't give you any
3: in to
0: him no
1: well they don't you don't get to know what he's thinking i mean he's called the sphinx in the movie and i've seen other people sort of people People tagging all shit, showing sc- dumb screenshots of like, this movie was meant to get kids into science, but that's, but it just makes you feel sad <laughs> What
3: was it? <laughs> <laughs> this movie it is made. about
1: how, this <laughs> movie is the-
3: like about science the way prestige is, where it's like science is fucking scary. Like, yeah, science is horrifying. <laughs> in this it is. Movie.
1: And I think people were expecting to look at like American exceptionalism, look at what we did, and they go away going, Oh, that wasn't. That doesn't make me feel good. And I'm like, no, no. It, it should not make <laughs>
4: anybody feel good. <laughs> it's it's like, the it, it's the anti-interstellar.
1: It Yeah, that's why I like it more book. than
3: Interstellar. <laughs> interstellar is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Fuck yeah, science. I fucking yeah. love science or whatever. This is like. Science is a dark sorcery and it unleashes things beyond our comprehension and you shouldn't mess around with it. This isn't an anti-science movie, but it's definitely the Jurassic Park, like,
2: be careful, be careful. not to do things you can.
3: Yeah. can.
2: <laughs> be they careful just, what yeah. you do, yeah. yeah. I think they do a good job. I mean, we don't know, like, he. we don't get, like, internal stuff, but I feel like they do a good job of setting up that he thinks he's on the right side, the noble side, because it's all about he knows what the Nazis are up to. I think earlier than anybody else. Or not early. Earlier than most people, I'll say, because there's like.
1: But he knows. He, that he knows the there. science He knows the one but scientist. He, they he have. knows that. that Ed, Ed, yeah, he knows they, they have one away.
4: scientist, and they will be able to Eisen, figure it out eventually Eisenberg. with yeah. him on bam, their team. Yeah. He's the man who.
1: He's the man who knocks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it was Sorry.
2: almost like I felt like I, if I'm the I remember right. I'm going off a bad memory that he just knew about. Before, a lot of Americans, like, oh, how bad the Nazis actually are over in Germany. the news is a little slow, I think, to get to most people. But he was like, oh, they're up to some bad shit. And the bomb, he knew the bomb was coming. Other people, people push him and say, if we don't do it, they'll do it, which he agrees with. He's like, well, we got to beat them to that. So if you're on the right, if you think you're on a noble cause, I feel like you'll blind you to a lot of other things. And I don't think. And they make a point, he doesn't even see how bad it's gonna be after they drop the bomb. Safety has that line about like, I'm supposed to want a build a bigger bomb. And well, the thing it, that's
3: I, un- I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Matt.
2: Oh, That yeah. was pretty much my thought. <laughs> I was just like, that's why I find the third hour so interesting. Cause I was even like, wow, we're doing the test, like, you know, kind of end of the second hour. Like we saw the whole what's gonna be the aftermath. And then it's him dealing with like all the after effects of like people trying to build more. He's like, no, don't do this. And no one's listening well, to him, you know? Because you can
3: you can argue like, okay, philosophically, existentially, what do you do when there's an arms race? And it's like, okay, this thing's going to happen no matter what, it just depends on who gets it first. Okay, sure, that's, that's a debate that can be made. The thing that's unforgivable that Oppenheimer did in real life, they pointed out in the movie, is they say, I, I can't remember who brings it up, but they're like, we could test it to show what to like as a sign of force, of being like, don't make us do this to you. But Oppenheimer rules that out. He goes, no, 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 we we've got to make an example of like human beings. It's like that to me. That's the unforgivable. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah.
1: It's
2: like- I, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah.
1: Because they dropped it twice, and they were, were always going to plan to drop the bomb twice on two cities. It was to show what they could do, and to show that they could keep doing
2: it. Keep doing it. Right. That was the, I remember that yeah. part was like. We have to drop it twice because we gotta show we have it, we can keep doing it, and that's like, well, that's fucked up. Uh yeah. I'd even forgotten the part about what Hayden said about how you've got to drop it like on humans. We're like, oof, like uh yeah, oh not a good guy. I just like I think they do a good job of showing like why he would even go down this path to begin with, you know. Right, like, because it's, it's just our-
3: the, theori- it's theoretic. <laughs> it's the theori- it's theory yes. until it's not. And he is so wrapped up in like Oh well, I mean, it's not it's not like people that I see every day. It. It's not like people. It's just like numbers. Yeah. And then it happened, right. and he's like, "Oh shit!"
1: Oh shit, we did this. Um, because when he's watching, that he's not he's, when they're showing the footage of what happened in her, I think, Hiroshima or Nagasaki. He's not looking at it; he's just listening to it. Like he kind of yeah. has already got the images going through his head because he's a visual thinker. The movie established that, that very quickly at the beginning, and it is all theory. It is because these guys, and it's not just Oppenheimer; it's everyone is just getting so excited because. It's a scientific breakthrough. I mean, it started with um, Einstein or Einstein. Um, sorry, I try to be German. Einstein um, <laughs> starting to make these kind of the um you know relativity, which is the only thing I understand. But he was able to have the mathematics. I think that for what a black hole would, be. I actually I have no idea. I know he was a very smart man who had weird here. It was um <laughs> it yeah he was able to do all these. They're just building on building on these ideas and then it becomes a reality. And because they, they, which the Nazis were actually trying to build a bomb. It's just the only thing is that Hitler was such a raging evil anti-Semite because he thought physics was the Jewish science. And his science was like, woo boo shit about aliens and uh, which wasn't gonna (laughs) help anyone um
3: till today i shouldn't no, yeah. <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't yes. I should make that joke whatever hitler's involved but i just wanted to connect to the <laughs> alien
1: it's news it's just I'm like doing. they picked the perfect time when no one would care it's have got too many other things to worry about we can't be worrying about aliens right now <laughs> the depress- um,
3: this depresses me i'm sorry i got does,
1: on i know it does me too I'm just like <laughs> we should be excited and everyone's like mm, no nah, i can't do that right now i've got to worry about this um but yeah, it's the amazing thing of fairy theory, theory. Oh, they're playing around with these ideas. Can they do it? You know, um, But they don't think they should. And then it's kind of taken out of their hands before they can kind of change their mind. It's like the government's quickly like, oh, put it in a box, let's go. Mm-hmm. And that's a devastating scene. And it's just as simple. They're in these crates, driving them out of the desert. And it's a devastating moment because you realize, oh, these guys who I actually want to have, if, if, if this thing is going to exist, I want... Even if Oppenheimer said we should test it on humans, I want them to be in control of it because they understand it. The government is just like, oh, we're just going to drop this thing and make it go boom. And I'm like, "Mm, I I don't want, I don't want that. That is not who I want in charge of this. I want the people who actually built and studied this thing to be in charge of it. And that is kind of the push and pull of the movie because Strauss, who they keep calling a lonely shoe salesman, and he's jealous and he hates the fact that he's just not as intellectual as these other guys but at the same time i'm like yeah these guys are all assholes and mocking you but i want them in charge of the bomb i don't want you in charge of the bomb uh Luke <laughs> robert downey jr you don't know you're looking at things yeah i don't want you in charge of it
3: <laughs> get, get out of here get out of here <laughs> get out of here iron man well
4: it, you know what we're which
1: talking, is, which is like funny because it's like iron uh... man <laughs> <laughs>
4: We're talking about uh, Los Alamos and the test and them taking the bombs away. And let's just talk about that, that whole section in Los Alamos. I think that when I said it was like half a masterpiece, I think that whole portion of the movie is a masterpiece. And I think they could have made an entire movie just about the building of the bomb, everything that went into it and Oppenheimer's kind of, uh, like unease thinking about it uh like some of his staff uh revolting against him because they don't they don't agree with it anymore uh his um you know his uh how the government did not uh favorably view his relationships with communists like i think all that is food for a great movie you end it you can end it after the bombs have been dropped and he just has this crippling regret because that like you get the rest of the stuff with how he was kind of screwed over and it sucks, but it's just like, fur- it just further illustrates his regret. And I felt like that's why I didn't like that portion of it. Cause I felt like I had gotten the point once the bombs had been dropped and I didn't need the extra like half hour, 45 minutes of courtroom drama, showing him getting fucked over leading to the revelation of, they weren't talking about you, Lewis Strauss. They were talking about uh they were talking about uh how he had given Einstein a reward. Like again,
1: it turns out the reputation awards, than it does the magnitude. Like I think that's kind of it turns let, let yeah. uh, into the me
4: reputation.
1: Yeah.
4: I just <laughs> yeah. want to underline this by saying I only saw the movie once. And a lot of his movies, sometimes I need to watch them more than once before they really become I feel like interstellar i had a rocky relationship before it became one of my favorite movies and for all i know next time i watch it next couple times i could love Uh, the courtroom stuff just as much but i like right now after my first viewing i think that that stuff kind of drags down what is otherwise just a gut punch of a movie
3: i could see how the courtroom stuff might seem or might be superfluous to some people who watch it but like Okay, not only do I just eat courtroom stuff up, like, I just love courtroom movies. Not only that, I do think that it gives me, like, viewers like me, a much-needed, okay, this guy needs to be knocked down a few picks. <laughs> so, like, it gave me the satisfaction of seeing him, like, have to, like, stir, like, you know, uh, squirm a little bit where he was, because it's like, uh, good, out with your reputation, but but it, it, I, I mean, it, uh,
1: I see it a little differently. But, I see it more as him trying to defend. I mean, I've read a reputation that he is Prometheus, therefore he has to be punished, and it's him taking down a pig. For me, I kind of see it as it more as these men's reputation and how other people see them. Strauss is obsessed with it. Oppenheimer is absolutely obsessed with it. I think there is some truth to when. Strauss kind of is railing at um, Eldritch going, he wanted to own the bomb. It wanted He wanted his name on it. And I think there is some truth to that because that one line I love, in I don't love the Truman stuff, but I love that line. He says, do you think the Japanese are going to care about you um, who, who are, or who built it? They're going to care about who dropped it, which is me. Everyone's trying to take ownership of this thing. And Oppenheimer's like, no, it's my thing. I I made it. This is mine. Therefore, I should have control over it. And he keeps doing that for the end of things. So it's kind of more about him. This is my thing. And I think with Nolan, you do have to watch them a couple of times to to get it. I'm still trying to get there with Interstellar and, 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 and Tenet. But on these watches that I had of it, it just seemed more like a man trying to protect his reputation more than anything else. So that could be more of a surface raid. I I need to, again, because he's awful. He is awful. He is. Yeah. I love the
3: Truman scene, dude. I love the Truman yeah. scene.
1: Just the way yeah. he's licking his lips. It, oh, it it's me
3: scary old man just coming in and rocking it. It's like, a not great I know. Scene. Come
2: in for one scene and kill it. Yeah. I wish someone Get had
3: that. Get that crab
1: baby me. out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Get
2: that crab of my mouth. He's trying to like, his I'm like, I
1: feel like I have blood in my hands. He's then. like, oh, Truman famously, short arsehole. That was, yeah.
2: I thought I, I knew some about presidents. I did not know how much of an asshole Truman was. Uh, he was the kind of asshole who just, dropped a bomb on. Well, but,
1: like, let's just say, Japan. Would it, okay, hypothetical would have Roosevelt that. <laughs> dropped the bomb if he was alive in 1945.
3: I don't. I mean, like that's one of those hypotheticals where it's like you don't know. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Roosevelt. I like the New Deal and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's like it's one of those hypotheticals where it's like I, I don't know. I don't.
2: You know. I, yeah, I couldn't tell you. I isn't you it one of those never things, I, mean, know. I I meant to I meant to research this more because I think it's debated still what kind of state Japan was in we dropped the bomb. Like do we even need to drop the bomb? Um, that's what
4: the movie pretty much covers that. Yeah, that it um like they were not that far off from surrenderists like sta- Germany. They were just making surrender? a statement.
3: They were
1: just I making, like they making say, a statement. Even, but there is the and line they even
4: go over the uh i just want to say they even cover the option of like dropping it on military targets and like nah that won't make big enough impact we need to drop right. it on populated civilian areas like it is a right. calculated move to do as much damage as possible
1: i mean there's a great line when Oppenheimer says the truth yeah they may be close to um because it was a morale building thing for the states as well because they do make a good point if you're a hitler's killed himself germany surrendered jack japan is probably going to surrender soon but they are still very we don't i mean there were pockets of the japanese who would like never going to surrender most of the country wasn't right yeah bullshit yeah. but there were still pockets <laughs> of it i'm not saying it was the whole country like that myth of like babies with freaking samurai swords going after gis <laughs> but it was um it sort of it was a statement but it was if you're a gi who was about to be shipped out and you're probably 18 20 um shipped out to the pacific which was a brutal war they don't know that the japanese are about to they're still having kamikaze pilots being thrown at them so i get from that point of view but at the same time america was absolutely making a statement of look what we have in in it pretty right. yeah, yeah. like we can we can fuck you <laughs> up like anyone it was just as much to show russia it was just as much to show europe or, uh, england it was just as much to show china it was just to show everyone Look what we can do. And if it wasn't going to be a place in Germany, it was going to be a place in Japan. It was just when they managed to finish the bomb. Yeah.
4: Uh-huh. It, it let's uh, for Pretty a second, stuff. let's, um. we've been talking about like the historical uh, kind of representation of the film. Let's just for a second talk about it solely as a stylistic exercise in filmmaking. First, even though I didn't like the courtroom stuff, I did love that he was kind of going back to like the uh, kind of puzzle structure that he had in his earlier in his career, like memento yeah. and following and the prestige. I loved him going back to that because he hasn't dabbled in that in a while. Like Dunkirk was kind of that, but he still structured it like a, you know, standard motion picture to have like a momentum plot momentum. But what I really want to talk about, let's talk about the Trinity sequence because, oh my God, like, yeah. It, it is Oof. it is horrifying to watch, but it's also, like, as a movie, it is exciting watching the way this scene pl- goes together, the way it's cut together, the way the score plays out over it, and the way it just builds up and builds and builds, and then just utter silence when the bomb is dropped. And it's oh,
1: like it goes on for I so just, long. It's the... such
4: an amazing moment.
1: That scene, just from when they... When the rain starts they're pulling the, the even when they're cutting it and putting it you're like oh my god don't drop anything because it's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no um that, that that whole sequence that is going to be taught in film school. and every single time there's a documentary on something that's the part of it they're gonna show like the way it's cut together the editing the music the way because there's a way a lovely way that he keeps overlapping between scenes like you'll have um audio from the passing trailing into the next which i really love especially between the black and white and the um and then the color sequences the vision and the fusion uh, which is this puzzle box kind of thing but that trinity scene is the one of the best things he's ever done like just in terms of a of a sequence yeah it's it's fantastic uh hey, that did, leads me that, to another
4: quick yeah. oh, oh sorry, sorry no. i yeah sorry i'm ex <laughs> i'm excited to talk about it but no, like, no you
1: should did be did you guys yeah.
4: did you guys think that they were going to show the bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I did.
3: I don't know. I I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just along for the ride. With the
4: yeah, it's it's. I thought that they were. I was thinking that they were. Although I was always wondering, how's like how's that gonna feel? But when we got to that scene, I'm like, oh, we're not gonna see that. Like mm-hmm. this yeah. is like this is the big moment in the movie. This is the big turning point. No,
1: it's and like- then. Yeah. Once upon a time in the Hollywood, the when that... I realized we weren't going to see the Tate murders, I just relaxed. I went, okay, yeah. good. And once I realized like, the Trinity was going to be the bomb drop, I'm like, okay, good. I don't have to worry about Hiroshima or Nagasaki.
4: Yeah, the power of that moment carries over for the rest of the movie. Now, can, and also, can be I mean, us? oh, I don't have anything else to say. Go on.
3: I'm sorry. I just want to say before I forgot. Sorry, I have terrible memory. I I gotta. Sh- That's why I gotta sh- interrupt people. Shout things before I immediately forget what I was gonna say. But like, was I the only person that the Trinity test happens, and we've heard for like years now, like Christopher Nolan recreated a nuclear explosion for Oppenheimer. It's going to be fucking insane. One of the loud, it's going to be one of the loudest movies you've ever, am I the only person who did the Trinity test when you finally see the explosion, I was like, that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, mean, I was a
3: little, it's a great sequence and the buildup is amazing, but the actual
2: explosion, I was like, just looks like a explosion, but a little bit bigger. I, you know what, Hayden, I'll go with you on that. Cause I mean, I love, again, love the buildup to it. That was amazing, but they built it up like, it was going to be this incre- For incredible. Years. Thing. Yeah. For years, yeah. Like, it did look good, but I expected something crazier than I got. Like I uh, kind of
3: was too, but it's just
4: a big fireball. It's just a big fire. Well,
1: they did do CGI, like, what, which like, I'm what, amazed by. What, so yeah, right,
4: right, right. Like what can what can they do though? Like what? Mark, how much? I don't know. How much I'm further not further could they have gone in that scene. I'm, I'm not about the filmmaker. The All guy. I know is that I saw
3: <laughs> I saw that and I was like. Did it look that much bigger than what's the last explosion I saw that was like, damn. Probably I don't know.
4: I mean, nuclear (gasps) explosion, I don't know. know. Watchmen?
3: Yeah, was it bigger than the nuclear explosion that looked really bad in Watchmen?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that didn't look great. No, the problem is with a nuclear explosion is that we have seen it multiple times on screen. Like, we know what this thing looks like um and so i guess yeah i guess i think it's a master sequence but i guess i can sort of understand um but it is yeah i mean it is a lot of close-up of the bomb as well you don't i mean it's that whole malik thing that hayden you referred to it's that maliki right. look at, at a nuclear bomb not necessarily the whole thing as as it is and this is kind of and it is meant to be this is the first time anyone's seen a nuclear bomb go off this is the first time right. in history so it is kind of built up to this thing. I thought it was impressive because I was just, ooh, pretty colors. And the fact that I'm just waiting <laughs> for the bang to go off, like, I'm going, right. Okay. Where is it? Where is And the bang? They, kept, be they kept
4: it, us waiting for that. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And when it well, hit, I, just, I jumped both times. <laughs> like I just think so that, I like,
3: I guess the disappointment on my end was the scale. It's mm-hmm. like, I didn't yeah. get a good sense of scale for how big the explosion actually was. Cause, like, I'll, you know, Mark's gonna love this, but if we did trailers, I was just gonna play. I was gonna pick the entire episode eight from Twin Peaks season three because it that David Lynch's yeah. theory in Twin Peaks is that modern evil, modern cosmic evil, was born the day they tested the the bomb in the desert that day.
1: Wasn't it so? When like aliens you see, took notice of us because we finally yes. got into the atomic age. So that is when the aliens yes. started. That
3: is. That's yeah. what brings the Black Lodge into existence. Mm. Spoilers for peaks. If you haven't watched it now, you'll never will. But um, but God damn right. That's yeah. the exactly that's <laughs> the entire thing. It's like David Lynch is like, that's when the Black Lodge's birth, baby. And that that mushroom cloud in episode eight, I was like, Holy shit, this is crazy. This is for real. And here I was just like, it just looked like a big fireball. I don't know. I don't know. I, it well, was the I... one thing in the movie that I was like, dang, okay. The rest of the movie, though, I was I was literally jaw on floor. I was just really enraptured by the
4: rest of the um, uh, In order to get the uh, full experience of the motion picture, you're really supposed to seek it out in an IMAX theater, Hayden. Uh, that's <laughs> what you really want <laughs> to IMAX was watch. pretty big.
1: Actually, I will say, <laughs> IMAX 70mm, pretty big. It's sort of
3: like... I I will say
4: Sorry, because I was. I'm joking. What if joke, Jaws, I didn't see what if it Jaws came
3: out? What if Jaws came out and for years we were hearing, "This is the biggest shark you've ever seen in your life." <laughs> this is gonna be so. Didn't good. that?
1: Didn't that then then what see, actually happen? Like there was a phase. Well, and when, then you see
3: Jaws, and it's like t- it's like a ten foot long shark. You'd be like, "I'm this big shark," but come on.
1: Isn't that what That's actually happens? Like that. There was there was a phase when everyone was like, "Oh, Jaws isn't that good because the shark looks fake," and everyone just went. Not the point.
3: <laughs> oh well, I'm sure we've gone who says that, that is uh, should should get out of here right now. Yeah. Listen, I never said that.
2: I never
1: said <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I know for, for me. Matt just uh, four, thinks four, four, the shark had should have had dueling guns. That is that was his yeah. I just wanted the shark
2: to take. have dual pistols. That's all yeah. I was. Asking I know yeah. for a fact
3: <laughs> if you showed Gen Z kids Jaws for the first time, they'd never seen anything about it. They say the CGI is bad, <laughs> and then you tell them. There's no CGI in it. And then they go, What? Yeah. That's that's all I gotta say about that. And then they say four point five out of five.
1: What is that what some Gen Z kids are gonna watch about the nuclear bomb? It's like no like this, they don't want like the CGI. No, that's actually real. Fire. Yeah, they're gonna say the
3: CGI is <laughs> Bad actually, <laughs> Christopher Nolan recreated a nuclear explosion for uh for Oppenheimer. They're gonna say, What 4.5 out of five? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: oh, I don't, th- th- I mean, we all agree that sequence is incredible, whether me and Hader are like ah, oh the yeah the on. editing of the it is the build up sh- is uh, <laughs> the score the build uh, Josh Peck like his hand like you know he trying to push uh, the button I think can, uh, I can't believe like, they gave you know,
1: Josh Peck that much responsibility but okay I, I know
2: I know Uh
4: Benny, I was, Benny he never Betty thought Safdie that it'd be so lathering. simple
3: but he found know. a way he found a way
4: uh, Benny Safty just lathering up in sunscreen
1: uh, um, Jack Quaid going. The glass will protect from UV. What's going to protect you from oh, the glass? He, it's just like you, no, dumbass yeah.
4: Jack, <laughs> no. Jack Quaid was another surprise. I didn't know he was in it. Oh, I didn't know he was. In, yeah, I don't think I knew he was in this. Matt, either.
3: you know what should have yeah. happened is Josh Peck is like, like uh, Oppenheimer's like Josh. Uh, Josh Peck, get ready to press the button. Josh, is like absolutely, Doctor Oppenheimer. He looks down, the button's gone. He goes, Drake. Drake goes, what? Goes, where's the button? And they have to go find the button. Josh, Drake
2: and Josh have to go find the
0: little
3: button. Megan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, uh, Megan, gonna... stole, Megan stole the, stole the button. button. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, good Drake and Josh references, uh, which I only know because oh. my sister watched it. I was already <laughs> too old, and I was like, she was pretty funny. Um, but uh, the uh, another sequence that was amazing, you had talked talk earlier about, like, what were you, you think we're going to see the bombs get dropped or the After Effects? no i'm glad he didn't show it honestly i felt like we know Ooh. what that looks like you can look it up yourself i'm like the, the, again we talk about this is a all the time the things you don't see and your yeah. imagination can fill in is scary mean, you could see but those little flashes when oppenheimer's giving like that speech at is it the rally after like after oh i love Atlas that Alamos,
1: so much yeah
2: where he's seen uh, like flashes, world people's faces remember
4: this day hmm.
3: The stomping,
2: stomping, the things
3: that recur throughout the movie—you
1: hear
2: like an hour before that happens. The stomping,
1: and you hear that see the face, yeah. So
2: good. And he steps on like a body that's been turned to like ash, and then like a woman's face is like half peeling off. But these are like flashes of things. That stuff's Uh so much scarier, and uh, you know, I mean,
1: the poor guy vomiting outside. Like it turns into like this almost orgy with the cap. Well, no, there's a couple making out in the corner. Um, Because I know, yes, yes. Uh, Florence Pugh has boobs, and you see them in this movie. Yeah, there was a sex scene. Um, barely. So but anyway, we'll get we'll get into the woman, the the t- two women very soon. Um, hey, Olivia
2: Thurlby's there too as a scientist. This is
1: true.
2: And she's very good. She strongly objects. She has autonomy. <laughs> she strongly objects to that. Was somebody? I was like, she's in this too. It was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't know she was in it at all. And I do love um, the fact
1: when they're trying to say, "Don't work in the thing because the radiation is going to destroy your." Uh, Oh, your reproductive yeah. system. she's like oh <laughs> yours are exposed more than mine i'm like yeah, that's a good <laughs> point <laughs> um, she's a stem
3: girl that's good yeah but uh um, yeah, she's girl boss but
1: yeah but the guy throwing up outside and he just looks at him and there's this thing of like he's obviously a kid scientist he kind of knows what they've done and they just look at each other and they're just like that going oh fuck. like there's that yeah um, i love the sequence of just how that whole rally part is amazing
3: there were a lot of surreal touches that there were Mm. eight people in my theater other than me it was kind of sad but to be fair it was the first showing of any movie that day so honestly you know who knows but one of the people in the theater was a little kid who i guess really wanted to come see the movie and the mom was like oh this will be like
1: a science lesson lesson." yeah Yeah.
3: an experience (laughs) and like he saw the trailer for Exorcist Believer and he was like, why would they make that? So automatically I was like, oh boy. This, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. And so <laughs> there are a lot of surreal touches in the movie. Like whenever they're questioning him in front of his wife about the affair and then you just see Sir...
4: Uh, uh, oh, Jesus
3: Christ. Cillian Murphy naked yeah. in the room and yeah. she's riding him and whatnot. Just it's, a look on
1: her face is yes kind of div- i mean <laughs> okay Nolan one had the thing of bridging his characters and Oppenheimer actually had an affair with Jean tatlock and she did end her life but because it's a nolan movie and just some of emily blunt's lines i'm just like going ah oh, dude okay fine did you need those actors of that caliber to do those roles no but they are amazing. But it's just that kind of. I mean, when the, the look on her face when she's riding him in the in the in the um, yeah. courtroom scene is amazing. It's just such a sad moment. And yeah, I mean,
4: so I will yeah. say, it sounds like Florence Pugh had a better time doing her very few scenes in this movie than she had being the very strong female lead in Don't Worry, Darling. Well, yes, yeah, so. because she had
1: to frigging deal with. So, um, and harry styles
2: sleeping
1: with what's her name and yeah she
2: actually sounded like she had a bit of time doing this um oh, yeah. i, no, I did you guys get speech? awkward oh sorry awkward giggles worry, during the interrogation sex scene because i had a lot of awkward i had a full I, theater and a lot of awkward I laughter definitely in had a <laughs> in my i i
3: awkwardly giggled myself just because i was not <laughs> i was not expecting it. a surreal yeah. touch like that from nolan in the movie yeah. i was like huh, oh weird that's like kind of heavy handed, but I like heavy handed. This is good. But the kid behind me was like, What's happening? And the mom's like, <laughs> The mom, the mom was like, it's, it's in her head. It's in her head. And then, like, later when he steps on the body, he was like, Was that a
1: dead guy?
3: <laughs> and uh, the mom was like, Oh it's, my God. It's, it's in his head. It's just how he feels. I love your breakfast. And I was scared. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was like asking very important questions, are, by the way.
3: Yeah, I was yeah. like, these are new concepts for this kid who is still, whose brain is still developing. He's like, Man. oh, just <laughs> he's just now being confronted with like interiority, like yes. psychology. <laughs>
1: yes, I, I mean the whole scene when she's getting him to read Sanskrit and she's naked on top of him, which I'm guessing from this movie, open higher, never on top. That's okay. It's whatever you, whatever you do. Um and she's getting through it's is kind of a sexy scene but because it's Florence Pure, I mean she's can do no wrong in my eyes and I love her in this scene and like no more fucking flowers and all that kind of thing I just just it look Emily Blunt is great as Kenny Oppenheimer and I think she did have issues with alcoholism and in the 1950s when you had got postmodern postpartum depression you gave your kid away to a friend that was just kind of the 50s at the, the time it sucks but the brat mean,
3: is asleep. Let's party.
1: Yes, pretty much. <laughs> but
3: Not a great mom.
1: And yes. <laughs> no one of the 50s were. I think you've just got to realize that. Um, that's right. why a certain generation so screwed up. It's just because their parents were smoking and drinking all the time. Right. But it's dealing with their own um, issues with World War II. But it's kind of this thing where I understand the movie is about Oppenheimer. So everyone is going to be how they are affected by Oppenheimer. That's... Killian Murphy is one of those best performances. He'll get all the awards. I think he deserves it. But it just, when Emily Blunt is playing normal wife character and she seemed to get all the cliches, like. Yeah. Uh, like, okay. He goes, oh, we're talking about the baby. No, we're talking about the world. It's more important and you're placed in it. I'm like, oh, okay. So you've given all the cliche cliche lines to Emily Blunt, except for when she's um, going toe-to-toe with um, Jason Jason Patrick um i think that's the only Sue time Park. jason clark sorry sorry so oh,
0: different yeah. actor you like, right, had wrong i thought i missed it. him the in the
1: movie the like...
3: boys. Saying... yeah um <laughs> jason
1: clark which is going don't... to be like i don't like your phrase like what do you mean the car that i forgot that i had like she's she's really good in those moments and i wish there was more of those moments instead of being even though i know this is kind of what happened but cliche drunk wife and when she doesn't yeah. shake benny safety's hand i was like I love that moment, just her face. Oh,
4: all. yeah, yeah. Oh, I all will. Right. I, I, I will
1: choose violence I'm in sorry. Like
4: a second. I was fed up with the courtroom stuff at that point. I was like, <laughs> why is the movie still going on? Why do I care if she doesn't <laughs> shake its hand? I already knew she wasn't going to because she said it earlier. Mm. I'm she sorry. did. That was uh, Emily Blunt in her, uh, not, 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 not the best old lady makeup or like no. middle-aged makeup because they just want it. Because it was just one scene of her in that makeup, so they just quickly threw her into that, just refusing to shake his hand. I'm just like, I don't need this. End the movie already. I know exactly what you're trying to say. A lot of of vitriol
3: for a 4.5, that's all i got (laughs) to (laughs) say.
4: Well, listen, the one scene you were underwhelmed by I thought was a masterpiece, so, you know, what can you do?
3: Hey, a lot of four-star movies have some masterpiece scenes in them.
4: Let me it's just uh, let me say in. something here. <laughs> Tons of checks. In. I just want to read a uh, an, a humorous letterbox review. It's also very funny that Christopher Nolan's first sex scene can be interpreted as an argument that sex is dirty and will lead to you being investigated and will bring shame upon you and your family. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was amusing.
3: That is oh. amusing. Ro- robot, robot, Christopher Nolan is. This, is this his most human movie? It's got sex.
1: Yeah, I think it it's is. It's got, yeah, it's
3: got emotions. No, <laughs> like like his movies have never had emotions. He's not yeah. standing <laughs> I, right. I know I it's
1: the whole thing with the, the communism thing. I'm like going, everyone was a communist in the 1930s. Like, let it go. <laughs> I would have been a communist in the 1930s.
2: I, I did think Emily Blunt was getting a little like short trip of the whole movie and i was like why is she i was like do they need her for this and then she comes in and kills that last scene or one of the last scenes in the interrogation i'm like well that scene's great too because
3: by that point even though i hated oppenheimer i was i was like jason clark you son of a bitch like you screw it like yeah (laughs) no one wants no one likes to see anyone in power like abusing the system and being like yes you know just like basically like you're gaslighting Oppenheimer, even though I don't like him, you know, because right. so she's the one who comes in, gets him flustered. You're like, you go, girl. I hate you too, but you go. Actually, I'm on your side now.
2: Yeah. I. I the other thing I thought was where people that came in, I'm like, why are they here? Rami Malik he's like in the background for like two scenes or something and i'm like he's just like being a weird little guy which i'm like just oh perfect casting to yeah. be a weird little sidekick he's and then the he, he should play knocked he's not out of his hand
1: until he does his like bomb his own little bomb drop mic drop in the in the in, yeah. in his hair and but he, just this whole thing see, is like he gets things knocked out of his head and I'm like, Why is just getting things knocked out of his him
2: hand. Early. I don't think he has lines. I don't think he has any lines <laughs> early on, unless I'm forgetting. And I'm like, Why the fuck do they hire him for this? And then and then he gets the scene in the end of the court. I'm like, Oh, that's okay. Cause it was so long that I forgot he was in it at that point. I was like, Oh, Ryan Alex back. Okay. <laughs> um, just that's there's so many people in this movie. <laughs> it's just trying to keep up with the cast members, and everything that everyone's doing. But um yeah, yeah, I that's another I... reason
4: I want to watch it again because I kept like playing like, wait, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's Cameron from Halloween Kills. Oh my god, that's so and so.
3: That's oh, Aaron god, from Wolf. Halloween twenty eighteen.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, I kid <laughs> from Hereditary. Um, and Pete. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I only clicked it on the second watch. I'm like, wait, is it Alex what? And then I saw the credits. I'm like, oh, it was Alex Wolf. No, the set, the oh. cast is insane. It's um. It, yeah, it's just kind of one of those movies that I think I will rewatch. I think it's going to be—I don't know if it's—it's it's not my favorite Nolan at the moment. I don't know if it will be, but I can tell it's something I'm probably going to watch rewatch more than, say, Tenet or Interstellar at this stage. Because cool. I keep going back to Batman Begins and um, the Prestige. If I'm going to rewatch rewatch a Nolan, right? Those those are my the, comfort go tos.
3: Great movies. Tenet's a rewatcher for me. I think that movie is just cool. It operates on like cool mode the whole movie it does but like <laughs> Lindsay, i think you're like me we get in moods where we want to watch some talkies yeah and like even though this movie is heavy as hell this one's going to be a throw-on for me oh just it's the thing so
1: that, uh, when matt damon's interviewing him and they're just like going back and forth it's so great um there's just mm-hmm. these little talky moments um robert downey jr just nails that dialogue and just makes it kind of seem kind of natural until he's like blowing up um mm. everyone's kind of got a handle on the dialogue maybe not benny safety but he's playing a weird hungarian dude who did create the hate bomb. so i'm kind of like going he's
3: playing Bela lugosi
1: he's playing Bela lugosi but not as well and <laughs> he's even worse than Oppenheimer because i'm like you want to build a bigger bomb what are you nuts
3: <laughs> i like i re- i like related to him because he was the guy sitting in the corner who would like throw out and be like what about water bomb? And they were like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh yeah. shut up. And then, and then <laughs> nah. they were like, why, so you doing, why are you doing, doing any work? He's yeah, like, was I was going to say,
1: th- all the other scientists are complaining because he's never doing any work. But he's, no, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm
3: so I can relate to that. To, which really, I think is
1: a complaint with people who don't like internet, intellectuals, which, to be fair, they do this a lot, but they just sit and think. And that's what they do. And yeah, hell yeah. they're not necessarily doers, but they are important because they are the creatives. They kind of think things that no one has ever thought before. And then it does become real. Like so many things have happened like that. So that's why you need the Josh Hartness you need the Josh Josh Hartness to come and right. I have to I have to build this thing now. Uh we do actually have to get organized and do something. But I think that's what there's there's a resentment um from people who just can't sit and think. And they are very. The thing is, are very hard people to live with. I do not want to live with Oppenheimer. I don't want to live with any of those guys except Kenny B because I love it every single time he does an accent. And oh. the fact that he was doing a Danish accent. I'm just like um,
2: thank so you. Good.
1: It slips into South African, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> if, <laughs> I knew he'd be
2: excited when he showed up, Hayden. It was like hey, yeah. to be so excited. Ken Branl oh, shows up in this
1: movie. <laughs> oh, so now... happy! It's like if he comes. If he comes, Nolan's new, site new um, Golden Boy. Like, like um uh oh, yes. Michael kane Michael so Kane. So if
4: he's oh. his new Michael Kane, oh, I'm gonna be three... so happy. Oh he's three movies in so far.
3: He could be the new Michael kane And like it doesn't make one? me sad that Mike Michael kane is like you know he's retired. <laughs> it makes me sad, but like if we get a new Kenny B at with every Nolan movie, hell yes. He <gasps> could,
4: Nolan could make could the next Poirot movie. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god!
1: The movie I'm most looking oh forward to this god. year, and I realized that there too. is me me up, a score coming out. But Lindsay, in let's
4: go together.
1: Yes, we'll go together. Haunting in Venice. I am oh. so there, and he's got his moustache back. He's he's gonna Hell be
2: yes walking yeah. around. I get more excited for Haunting in Venice every time I see the trailer for it. <laughs> oh,
3: dude, it looks so good. It's like all the ants who love murder mysteries are gonna be like. Why is this a scary ghost movie? And then all the kids who want a scary ghost movie are gonna be like, why is this a boring murder mystery? And me and Lindsay are gonna be like,
1: fuck yeah! Fuck woo! Yes! woo! woo, woo, woo. <laughs> no, it's gonna be He's got his mustache back.
3: <laughs> if he eats That's a delicious cool. looking cake in this movie, 10 out of five out 10 out of five. That yeah. came
2: over. Yeah.
1: It's
2: oh, game over. Dude. I also feel this movie Oppenheimer is so stacked with people. I'm sorry, we're just talking to all these people barely talk about matt damon who i think is great and he's adds really like good. some of the only like yes. levity to the whole movie yes the back and forth him and oppenheimer i love because they're such different guys but like
1: they respect each other you can yeah they, they respect like each they have other. a good back yeah. and
2: forth and like the whole i mean it's in the trailer but i still love the movie when they're going back and forth about to drop about to do the test and matt damon's talking about like the possibility blow up the world and he was like what's the chance of that it's like near zero he's like is it the best we could do? I, I, you know, I'm paraphrasing. What, what it, do you want from theory? Like zero would be nice. Zero
1: yeah. would be nice. Because <laughs> what would you like from theory? And yeah. he's, a ther- he's a theorist. And uh, yeah, my dad was like, well, a, a, an absolute zero would be nice. And I, except for the one line reading where he has to yell at that really one annoying guy. Um, oh, yeah. Who, <laughs> who, who like quits in a hissy fit. Yeah. Um, but he's like this is the most important thing in the fucking world i'm like whoa whoa this is none of the movie has been this intensely loud and shouty everyone's mostly calm and then you come in with that i'm like i'm so confused when did that moment yeah that
0: (laughs) that
3: felt like a a later day paul thomas anderson scene from like the master or something because they're like slowly zooming in on killian uh, uh, murphy as he's like He's just like looking nervous between each guy. And you just see Matt Damon on the very edge of the frame being like, it's the most important fucking thing to ever happen in the fucking world. And the guy, the other guy's like, Why are you yelling at me? And yeah. it felt like so felt like some weird little I'm in moment of like inherent vice.
1: Yeah, or I'm in punch drug love for a second. I'm like, I, I don't know how I got here. At least for the full Thomas Anderson, I'm used to the vibe. And this one I'm just like, it's like a two-second thing out of a three-hour movie. But for some reason, I'm like, what? <laughs>
3: right like he's mostly
1: complaining he's mostly the guy like oh really but how can you like um put a a price on what we've done and matt damon's like pretty easy mm. just add up the bills
3: (laughs) (laughs) so you can't pick matt damon you can't pick um who's the other guy we're talking about? oh can't pick josh hartnett you can't pick matt damon who else in this movie would you most want to have like a drink with Hmm. Like as the character.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. easy. Uh, David, um, Humboldt, Humboldt. I think. He, oh, yeah, David Cromholts for sure. Krum-Holtz. Yeah, maybe Alan oh, Aaron hmm. I think he would be a cool guy to have a drink with. But Albert David- Einstein. Oh,
2: yes. oh. Well, that was yeah. That was I, wanted, I wanted I to
3: drink with Grandpa.
4: <laughs> Casey Affleck.
1: I don't know yeah, why. I really he, oh, <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Mark?
4: Casey Affleck.
2: Well that Mark had to repeat that joke.
4: <laughs> Being just uncomfortably questioned the whole time, just yeah. knowing that this guy could and probably will murder me at any moment. I don't know no, why. I, I, time... I don't know. Prob- I'm sorry. i just say pro- <laughs> probably Alden Aaron Reich, just because he's he's yeah. just a little oh, Senate aide. He's got no pretensions about him.
3: Every time Einstein showed up, it I was like. It was almost like Santa Claus popping like, He's he's reached, like, this mythical figure status where I'm like, did Einstein really exist? <laughs> or was he, he like a bird? He is kind of,
1: and <laughs> he's like a ghost. Like, he's only with that weird guy who thinks the Nazis are poisoning his food. And he's only with Oppenheimer. Like, he's not really in the clique. So right. he's just kind of there just dispensing wisdom. Um, right. It is he is kind of amazing. And the fact that um there's a toward the end, and he's like, Oh, Albert, this is not what I meant. I'm like, What are you friends with? Albert Einstein? No, it's just like, yeah, you you kind of were. <laughs> oh, Albert, it's like <laughs> just, just oh, call him Albert? Just I thought it was Albert Einstein.
2: Albi.
1: Albi. Albi.
2: Yeah. Really casual friends with him. Uh <laughs> I don't know. This is a lot of movie. This I'm just like, I'm like so we're curious. talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm
4: going to be honest. Hours. I felt very underqualified to talk about this one. Like, same, between same having. Only Barbie say, I don't think any of us are qualified is, for uh... No, yeah,
1: none of us qualified to wear either of these movies. <laughs> but
4: wait, yeah. You guys, time. <laughs> you guys put the weight on me, though, because I'm the Nolan guy. I didn't appreciate that. Well Mark, <laughs> no, look, 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 we're going to let Mark start. He's the Nolan guy. He'll have the uh definitive stuff to He'll say have the about inside this track. Bad news. Yeah. I don't even have my own thoughts on this movie fully defined yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I do need to see it again. we been out
1: sure. 10 days.
4: Yeah.
3: Well Mark, where does this stand to... in the filmography ranking right now?
4: Uh, I'll be honest with you. I pre This guy's a five-star filmography with like three exceptions, Uh-oh. and that's Following, which is a three and a half, and then <laughs> Insomnia and Oppenheimer, which are both four and a halfs. Uh-oh. And I'd probably put it above Insomnia, so it it's basically, like, third from the end right now.
3: Wow. Golly.
4: But again, <laughs> you're stacking it against a filmography that I have watched over and over again and are, like, all some of my favorite movies, so... And like, you know, these are
0: movies we have. Of those yeah, even.
4: Yeah. These exactly. I need to always, I need to live with something. I'm I rarely give movies five stars on my first watch. So this is nothing. I new. <laughs> but I will say he's 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 released a lot of movies that have gotten fives from the get-go. Like Inception is one of my five favorite That's movies. the Mark movie. I <laughs> love Inception. Inception and Interstellar, those are my top two. Well,
1: Actually, for him, not sense. for yeah,
3: Hayden. What's your top Nolan movie? My top, huh?
1: What's your top? No, what is your top Nolan movie?
3: Uh, I think it. Uh, I think it's it's either um, Dark Knight Rises or The Prestige. I think it's probably still Dark Knight Rises, though. But I mean, Oppenheimer's in the. It's got to be in the top five. I, I I I love this movie, but I think it's Rises for me. The highs are just so high. I love Bane. The prestige. Mm.
1: Oh, prestige is... is That's
4: my number three.
1: (laughs) Matt, your top... Nolan.
4: Oh, man. This... (laughs) It's tough. It
2: used to be Dark Knight, like real solidly, but well, I Dark Knight something.
3: I mean, it's so good to that
2: movie that I just killed it because I watched it so many times and I think I actually damaged the movie. <laughs> like, like, like. <laughs> I think I heard its five star rating because I watched it. I don't know five or six times in the theaters. It came on HBO when, like next year. Watched it like all the time when it was on. I think I kind of heard a little bit. I still think it's great though. I'm gonna go Inception as my favorite then Dark Knight, then uh, The Prestige. It's really hard. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I think- just rewatched Interstellar and I was like, that's amazing too. Um, oh. Yeah.
1: I think actually Insomnia <laughs> is in my top three. I think it goes Prestige, then Begins, good. and Insomnia. I really like Insomnia.
4: Insomnia is very underrated yeah i love said the, the uh, liked, like yeah the second, second from the blast. bottom
1: hmm. yeah oh so, yeah that, but you still said it's a four and a half movie it's like jaws like so it's a from the bottom oh, yeah.
4: yeah it's a jaws. what, what, a, what a film what a filmography <laughs>
1: yeah i
3: love the like the um the i don't know just the feeling of like a, a straight up auteur i know that you no know, people question <laughs> what who actually is an auteur nowadays, whatnot? But like, I'd put Nolan up there. He's got a distinct style and whatnot. Yeah. I just love seeing like them make a movie that is just a solid, regular genre movie. Yeah, I, I love Nolan put his stamp on like an adaptation of something else. It's like that's pretty cool, and it's a good little movie. It's a good mm-hmm. little thriller.
1: Yeah, it is a good little thriller. I think it's really, really, really good um any final it's, thoughts it's the yeah. one
4: mo- sorry I was just gonna say it's the one movie in his filmography that he didn't have a hand in writing at least he's not cre- mm. he could have done some rewrites but he's not credited yeah. as a writer so it stand- it's it really stands apart in that way it's interesting
1: yeah it does feel very different well not how it's shot but the way the dialogue is you're right. it is very very different and it's I haven't seen it for a while actually but uh Pacino feels lower key in this than he does say in uh two for the money um, <laughs> but
0: he's well, got.
4: There's he's no got I mean, he has, he has moment. his moments. But, <laughs> Real
1: tired. but it doesn't feel like <laughs>
4: he's all the ed,
1: advocate, like, yeah.
4: Your friend oh, was lying there <laughs> in garbage bags. Yes. <laughs>
2: uh, well, because he's supposed to be sleepy so most of the time, yeah. so I imagine yeah. he's a little yeah. lazy, so know, so sleeper. like sleeper. You, Don Anthony, the million dollar man. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: I want everyone to watch I'm Two for so the Money. Happy I think you, I need to watch Two for I'm the Money. I'm so happy you reminded me about that. It's a fun time. Yeah.
3: Would y'all uh, rather a- Christopher Nolan remake Two for the Money or
2: Shockma? Oh, I'm going to go Shockma.
1: Shockma, right? Shockma. I think his, oh, his Shockma yeah. would be epic.
2: Would love to see him recreate Shockma. With, that would be... with
4: <laughs> You know what?
3: Al Pacino in a baboon suit. That's <laughs> <as> Shockma. <laughs>
4: Oh, I'm uh, I got a an idea angry going. little monkey. I'm gonna get you.
2: Have some of my jumble. Oh, I'm shocked.
4: <laughs> Christopher Nolan shocked. remakes Shockma in Al Pacino's office building into For the Money. So oh, he basically we, combines yeah, the two. I think it's two for one. There and instead are. of running around a science building, you're running around a big sports the betting sports firm. betting office, of killing all like... these all these big rich white people.
2: Excellent, John Anthony. You got to make your picks for the games this week. Hold on, there's a (laughs) baboon.
3: Oh, John, there's a baboon on the other side of the door. Oh, it's a very fun impression to do.
1: It's so much fun.
2: Everyone has their own little different spin on it, too. I feel like I go, I kind of steal from like the anniversary one, which more like it's feel like it's like the very, like, oh, hula, like it's very, it's kind of like. If you've seen another any given Sunday, it's like he's in that movie and he's trying to get everyone to eat his jambalaya. Jambalaya, like, baby! Like, you gotta try my jambalaya. Oh,
3: uh, jambalaya sounds so
1: good right he now. He does man. get he does get obsessed with food quite a bit when you can tell he's riffing. It's very strange.
2: Yeah, I, he, yeah. The, the Nathan hot I thing is probably a riff in a two for the money. He's <laughs> had a dick What's like that? a Hebrew National hot dog. What's that
3: scene? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm hungry for a hot dog. What's that <laughs> scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Where he's just like, I watched this on on a VHS I watch this on a DVD, then I watch this on a Betamax. 16 oh.
1: millimeter, like you can tell when Pinch Tarantino's writing Okay, because yeah, it's, it's
3: always, when you're something, the
1: format. the format. I have to yeah. mention
3: all the formats, Al. You we gotta watch? mention the format. 35, mil, what a 35,
4: 35. millimeter prints of <laughs> McCluskey, the 14-fifths of McCluskey. What a picture. Oh, well, then I, I listen to this comiac, on a I cylinder. I cut myself a Cohiba. <laughs>
2: Oh, I was just thinking, what if uh the then I watched per- this
3: on a 320p <laughs> video form on on YouTube, and I then streamed I watched it on it my, my TV Zoom. and I, it was blown up and I couldn't see shit.
2: So <laughs> oh, I, the Zoom plays video now. <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, I was thinking, what if the big line that we waited the whole movie in Oppenheimer for. Is when Oppenheimer walks up to Einstein, and Einstein says, "I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago." That was <laughs> Would have been a
1: five the star. Nolan movie. First. Would have been a five <laughs> star movie.
4: Okay, I said to get that joke in there,
3: and then <laughs> uh, that's why Einstein just walked away and didn't say
0: anything.
4: Did he? Get any hot that, sauce? Really? That leads hot sauce. to the zoom in on Oppenheimer's face, and then we end.
0: Yes. The
3: little. I didn't get my hot on. sauce either. <laughs> Mark, I need to hear you say the line before the end of this conversation.
4: What? Okay. <laughs> and and now I am become pretty cool, baby. Is that what you wanted me to say?
3: <laughs> well, you gotta say your your spin on it.
4: What what is what my spin on it? I, I, I thought, thought that's what did. you just told what I just said.
3: Oh, I couldn't hear you.
4: <laughs> and, and now and now i <laughs> have become pretty cool baby oh, hey, yes get both new, versions you, you know what uh, f- oh. i have a wonderful little book here that i uh, bought last year didn't make it very far in but the nolan variations and i turned to the index because oh. i know this was written before oppenheimer but i know oppenheimer's influenced a couple of his movies so i've read yes. to see if there was any mention in oppenheimer of course, there was a uh, little interesting little <laughs> fact I figured I found out was uh, as at the wrap party for *Tenet*, Robert Pattinson gave Christopher Nolan a book of Oppenheimer speeches.
1: Yes, I knew I, and I, I thought th- I heard it was uh, the biography, but cute. I knew it was so it was Robert Patt. He should have been in the movie actually as a thank you, but <gasps> never mind.
3: Yeah,
1: um, he's the one. Oh, yeah, that put in his, his idea because I thought this was a project he's been working on for ten years. No, it was straight after Tenet finished. He went, what am I going to make a movie? And Robert Pattinson handed him a book because um, he knew he liked Oppenheimer. And he went, you know what? This Oppenheimer guy could be a movie.
3: And maybe I could play him. Yeah. And Christopher Nolan was like, no, 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 no,
1: <laughs> no, 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 no.
3: <laughs> I think
1: I, go I would have <laughs> loved
3: him to play the brother. Because like, as much as I like Cameron from Hall- from the new Halloween movies, he's great. I was the whole time. I was like, this kid's like 18.
1: Hmm, yeah. What's this guy like planning uculus, um, bone size like this? He has no business doing this.
3: We need to get my 18 year old brother up here step
4: again. The, may, maybe he was just a really big fan of that Halloween trilogy.
3: I would love, you know, to I have this, this I, I
4: have this,
2: great to hear I, that. I, like
4: the, I mean, my head is that Nolan's a big horror fan and that's why he cast, uh, josh stewart and uh the guy that he co-starred with in the collector for uh the dark knight rises just because he's a really big fan of the collector and i think he cast uh i think he cast uh jefferson hall and dylan arnold in this because he's just a really big fan of david gordon green's halloween trilogy that would make me
1: happy yeah so are you looking forward to the uh exorcist believer believers mark
4: oh hayden I i think hayden and i both are
1: you both are? I am this is, definitely this is looking
4: forward
3: to it.
4: Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I will say I'm I'm not as intrigued as I was by Halloween because, uh, you know, I, I like David Gordon Green. I'm sure it'll be a good movie. But, like, Exorcist is this groundbreaking movie that, like, changed the way uh, horror is portrayed on screen. And this just looks like literally every other exorcism movie that you see. It's got all the same gags. But, I mean... I'm gonna be honest. Lately, I've been just quoting to myself, "the body and the blood, huh? the body and the blood," and yeah, I'm sure that I'm doesn't excited. freak out hey, your roommates.
1: Hey, Ellen,
4: <laughs> I hope it does.
1: Ellen Bernstein is uh, gonna be the old priest. I think I'm like, of course she is. Um, but he has a habit of getting the old gal back for the for the for the original movie, which they probably don't like talking about.
3: Well, like she so. Linda Blair is credited, and I'm assuming what I'm assuming is going to happen is that uh Reagan will have died off screen, but she will be the father caris in Exorcist 3 or the face of Pazuzu. And That's she'll what I'm be kind of thing. hoping, yeah. Hmm. I, like that'd be really cool, hmm. but who knows? It, I mean, this is supposed to be a trilogy again, another yeah, trilogy, oh,
1: yeah. uh, okay. What the
3: like? What really the Really curious the how
4: he's gonna yeah, how he's gonna divide these and what each one's gonna be.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. What like we were kind of joking about this, me and Mark. We were like, what if it follows the trajectory of, you know, 2018 kills and ends? It's just like <laughs> this uh, Exorcist Deceiver, which is gonna be the second one. It's just gonna be Reagan killing everyone in washington dc
1: <laughs> i would like to watch that actually linda black around. coming back even though I, I don't do think, she if I think she's happy on her ranch with the horses but i think he'll coming yeah. back and just killing everyone would be kind of great
2: i wonder if he's gonna do what he did kind of with the halloween trilogy, where halloween 2018 i think starts off like in a pretty uh what's yeah, the word I don't the, the one trailer.
3: you expect
2: the hmm. one you expect like it's like okay this is pretty normal audiences will really like it and then he'll get weirder and weirder i wonder like kind of like, hoping so uh, I don't know, because yeah, the first I thought it was a fine trailer. People on Twitter uh hating you of course, I know this is why you're on Twitter, but they like thought it was a really shitty trailer, but that trailer killed in my theater. People it's, it's were yeah, incredibly excited. I mean because it like built I think up it looks the good. music. Um,
1: unless you have I, Russell Crowe with a terrible Italian accent, being an alcohol a charming alcoholic <laughs> and a devil's basement. There is not many other ways to do an exorcist movie. There's just
2: There's just yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And not I, I'm yeah.
2: looking forward to it. I'm curious what's been open on and again, yeah, people seem like they were really hyped about it because like it built up with that music, I guys dropping it kind of mm. slowly. People like people around me are all like, What's what like what's going on? Like, you because know, I didn't even know what it
4: was. I, the the were... yeah. I love the way they the trailer yet. Yeah. So in there that into the trailer.
2: One
3: day I'm hoping they'll just sneak in Salem's lot without saying anything about it online. I, but I uh, hope
2: that for you, Hayden. I really do. <laughs> I feel so bad.
3: Waiting a few more years. I don't know but uh but (laughs) oh uh, i mean there's they've got it so david gordon green has proved he is kind of a troll but also a fan i'm wondering what kind of exodus 3 stuff they're going to sneak into these movies and if one of them is going to be a legit sequel to exodus 3
1: i would be so happy because exodus 3 is my exodus movie so if i get this great movie yeah it's amazing movie I get some like
4: they're absolutely going to be doing yeah. that I heard that they fit Exorcist 3 into the Exorcist TV show somehow I don't know how but if they did that like of course they're going to it for these movies mm-hmm. like I think <laughs> I the popular it's... I think the popular opinion at this point is that that's the true Exorcist sequel Exorcist 2 doesn't exist
1: yeah shape a bazoozer but yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oy. Best demon name ever.
4: Pazuzu. Pazuzu. Anyway, thank you for listening to our Exorcist Believer podcast. Yes. Uh, come back and listen once we've actually seen the movie.
1: Yep. Slash yeah. We...
2: Two for the Money podcast.
1: Yes. They're going to recently re release Two for the Money on the same day as um, Exorcist, Exorcist Believers. <laughs> Two for the Exorcist.
2: <laughs> Two for the Exorcist. They could have called um, them two for the Exorcist. Two girls. Yeah,
1: they could. Yes, two girls.
2: Yeah, two for the exorcist, the new exorcist sequel. <laughs> Those little girls look pretty freaky. They, they did. They, they do. Did. There's,
1: there's some disturbing body parts in, in that. Bloody in the blood. Yeah. Body in the blood.
3: Um, <laughs> I just love the idea of Mark
2: doing the dishes. Body in the blood. body in the blood. he yeah. <laughs> like, is he okay?
4: Yeah. <laughs> He's so going on I knock on her door. I, I knock on her door in the middle of the night and just shout it.
1: Doug <laughs> comes up to you. Going, I want pats. That'd
4: be terrifying.
2: <laughs> yes, I'd be like, I have to move. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <sighs> uh, oh,
1: okay. Before we go, because you guys are getting late, and I'm keeping you up, especially Matt, because you're the latest, and you probably do have work some point tomorrow. Um, I do.
2: I do. <laughs> yes, this has
1: been. A, I l- love hanging out with you guys, and um, yeah. So, Matt, where can people uh, find your good work?
2: Oh yeah, uh, so uh, I don't. I'm surprised every time by that question. I'm like, oh yeah, my plugs. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or whatever. In God's name, it's being called now. Uh, and, uh, at Matt eighty seven, follow the podcast at uh, Film Feast Pod, uh, me and the podcast Instagram at Film Feast. Uh, I did. I know this episode will be out after my latest episode. So uh, I did announce on the podcast I'm going to be taking like a pretty long hiatus from the podcast. I have a few episodes uh coming up still for august uh that i'm gonna do and then i'm gonna take a pretty lengthy break but uh i'll pop back in probably here and there throughout the fall and then be back in full force like for discoveries episodes top 10 of the year episode with mark and hayden uh and yeah so just i just want a little break from this whole the whole uh rigmarole and all the you know the editing the scheduling the all that so yeah just uh but th- but yeah, otherwise everything's good. So there'll still be episodes popping out here and there, so.
1: Hayden, where can people find your good work?
2: Oh,
3: man. I'm on Letterboxd at Hayden Comes Alive. That's basically the only place I'm at. Um, I was recently on the Terror Table with Dan Epler and host Mitch Oliver. That was
1: such a good episode, and, by the
3: way. Yeah, yeah and yeah. we talked about... Oh, what are we talking Great about? Episode. We talked about... The haunting. No, we had talked about. You did the talk uninvited. about the haunting a little bit, to be fair. <laughs> talked yeah. about the haunting a little bit. It's been a while. Uh, we talked about the uninvited in uh, Housewife Cemetery. Uh, prior to that, I was on Schlock and I You, you were?
1: See,
3: listen to uh, me and Lindsay discuss the. What, what What did you wind up titling it, Lindsay?
1: A hairy man alone in the woods. I think it was something like that. It was a uh, yes. wolf man in um, Legend of Boggy Creek
3: oh yeah uh so i've been i've been making the rounds but uh yeah this has been a great time it's been a great
0: time
1: thank you and mark where can people find your good work
4: uh just find me on twitter and at letterboxd uh hollywood superstar kyle chandler (laughs) little picture of kyle chandler from king kong holding the comb up to his nose like a mustache that's me
1: (laughs) it's brilliant i love that photo so much (laughs) (laughs) um no thank you so much for coming on this is so great i've been looking forward to doing this for a good couple weeks since i asked you guys and i'm so glad you're able to come on for it and we could do it like a film a a film feast um shock and awe kind of thing um yeah you can follow me on all the usual places you can either look under shock and awe one or reading geek there's too many and they keep changing their names so look under those two um (laughs) And yes, we will be back. We've got a Leone series coming up, uh, which are mostly recorded. Um, though we've got one more episode to do. Then we'll jump into Leone, and then pretty much after that, it's nearly going to be like October, which is scary. Where is this year gone? Um. So. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's insane. <laughs> so yeah, but we will be back with a very much another girl power um, double feature, which was a lot of fun to record. So yes, we will see you next time for that. Bye, guys. <laughs>